You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this week we're talking about Fatal Attraction from 1987. Uh, to help me talk about it, I am joined once again by returning guest, friend of the show, everybody's favorite, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. Carmelita, how you doing? Hello, Matt. I'm very well. I'm exceptionally well. Uh, you are maybe the most excited I've ever seen you talk about anything <laughs> for this movie, which... Uh, I've right off the top, I'll tell people I've never seen Fatal Attraction before watching it for this episode. And it was kind of your one of your ideas, I think. And I said, I should probably watch fin- Fatal Attraction finally. And uh, you're very excited, which is <laughs> making me more excited to talk about. I, I you know, it's it, there's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to unpack with this movie. I am honored to be part <laughs> of your first experience with this film. <laughs> honored, truly. I, I am it. so excited. I think. <laughs> Anyone who gets into film podcasting, you have the wish list, right? The movies you oh, think yeah, to yeah. yourself. I really hope I get to talk about that on a podcast someday. And Fatal Attraction has been one of those movies for me. That once oh. I realized that being a guest on podcast wasn't like a one-off thing, people actually invited me to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and I get you know, invites from different podcasts over these last few years. It's like, this was one of those movies on my little mental wish list. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I for this opportunity because <laughs> I'm really fucking excited. <laughs> Tell you are like physically like you're like, you're like beaming. Uh, beaming over there. You're just, I could tell you're so excited. Um, <laughs> so much to say about this movie uh it's like i was like it was the 80s things were, <laughs> things were different uh but no it's uh yeah we'll get it we'll get in all that i don't want to get ahead we'll of ourselves get there we'll yeah. get, let's not get um, ahead of our let's pace ourselves <laughs> so um as we usually do on the show do you want to talk about stuff you've seen lately i would love to okay <laughs> i got a few things for you this time around so this is fun i recently rewatched for the first time in well over 20 years being John Malkovich from 1999 another big movie I've never seen it's on Amazon Prime friends oh okay okay that does it just popped up it just popped up it wasn't available to stream anywhere there for a while but it just popped up on Amazon Prime I saw it I was like oh I haven't seen this since it first came out Oh, wow. And I, I had so much fun rewatching this movie. It's it's wild. <laughs> uh, that's it's what wild. I've heard. Yeah, that's <laughs> I remember hearing all about it when it came out. 
because I feel like that was around the time. Was that 99 or was 99, it? 99, big year. What, it, what a year. Uh, no, so it was a little bit later, but like I was getting into movies. So it just come out kind of in the past couple of years. Everyone's like, oh, if you're into film, you got to see Bean John Malkovich. because It's so weird and different and um, still didn't get around to it at the time. So, okay, now that's on Prime. I, I feel like I use Prime more than like any other streaming service. I'm on there all the time. So yeah, me too. I, I use it a lot. So got a lot of good stuff. So it's there. Okay. All right. That's exciting. I'll have to watch that. Soon. Yeah. No, it's really, it was really fun. Like there's some things about it that are a little dated, mm -hmm. but it's still so weird and so wonderful. <laughs> a very good time. It's like, I had forgot that Cameron Diaz was in it. Oh yeah. And didn't they like, like glam her down really or that was good. like <laughs> yeah yes. i think everybody everybody was like oh she's a really good actress and she's not they they kind of you know they didn't make her they tried look... to make her look dowdy yes yeah yeah people were blown away yeah. by that 99 they were like, they were yeah. like what well, yeah because it's like this is the girl from <laughs> like something about mary and oh, what with the mask and the like, mask. she's oh, like the bombshell <laughs> yeah and in being john malkovich she's like the frumpy every woman no it's definitely worth a watch and for anyone out there who's like hey i haven't seen that in 20 plus years it's time to revisit it because it's streaming now so get on that because it's a good time <laughs> okay uh i watched revenge from 2017 oh i thought you were saying tony scott's <laughs> tony scott's revenge <laughs> no french film written and directed by coralie Fargayot? I I don't know how to pronounce. I'm her very name. bad at French, and I don't know either. It's French. Yeah. <laughs> Pardonnez-moi, Coralie. <laughs> I can't I can't pronounce your last name. And it's like a revenge movie: woman on a romantic getaway with her married, rich boyfriend, and his two sleazy friends show up unannounced, mm -hmm. and things go very sideways. It was it was a really good time. I really enjoyed it. That one's on Shutter. I have seen that one before. I saw it. Yeah, close to when it came out. I thought it was really good. Uh, I remember. I think it's directed by a woman that I felt like they did a good job of not because it's a rape revenge movie. You know, when yes. it comes to, and it, they they it's not. But I thought it was pretty not exploitative of that part. Yeah. Like it, the way it handles that aspect of the story, I thought was pretty good and then the revenge well is like very intense <laughs> like it's very bloody and <laughs> gory and yeah it's a it's a fun revenge movie after that like it's it's very intense uh those french those french extreme <laughs> it's like it's borderline I, it's, I, it's like horror action i mean it's so because it's so yeah. violent that it's it's got this like those french extreme i tell you it's like it gets crazy so i really like revenge i, I only told the one time it's not like a movie i want to like pop in you know <laughs> casually in a weekend but uh <laughs> but it's very good it's very stylish it's very good so yes it is very stylish very colorful yes yeah yeah and the landscape like they're in this desert mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere and so the, the landscape is very kind of surreal almost because it's just wide open spaces of nothing. So yeah, it's very, very cool. Very much enjoyed it. And I, I had kept thinking like, oh, I should check that out. But the rape revenge part of it, like I got to be in a particular mood. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> sexual violence can be, especially if you don't know going into it, like how is the sexual violence going to be portrayed? 
So you kind of got to brace yourself mm-hmm. sometimes. And I was pleased with my decision to finally pull the trigger on this one. Good Glad time. you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's. I I feel like I haven't thought about it in a while. Like it was a big deal when it came out, and then I felt like I haven't uh, heard as much about it. But you know, I guess that's how it goes when they release mm-hmm. five hundred movies every week on different streaming services. <laughs> so Absolutely. you know. Who can keep up? But yeah, I'm glad you finally caught up with it. It's it's a cool movie. Me too. I have one more for you. And this one, big shout out and all around general appreciation for Dirk Marshall of the VHS podcast. Mm -hmm. Hopefully all Film Feast listeners also listen to VHS. Dirk sang the praises of this next one and I had never heard of it. Somehow. That sounds like a Dirk. That's a Dirk pick to be like, Dirk, we up. Like, I never heard of this. Like, <laughs> The Chocolate War, 1988. Sounds really familiar. It's written and directed by Keith Gordon. And it's, ah, okay. it's set I... in an elite Catholic school. And this teenager kind of rebels against a, the authority of the school and the social hierarchy. Like the, the, the elite popular clique. Mm-hmm. By refusing to sell chocolates in the annual chocolate fundraiser. <laughs> but Interesting. It's very cool movie. Mm-hmm. Excellent soundtrack. Oh, okay. I really, really enjoyed this movie. And it's on Tubi. So you have oh. nothing to lose. <laughs> Good old Tubi. It's got <laughs> it's always there for us. Um, I think I heard about this on the pure cinema podcast a while back because mm. i definitely i was like chocolate i think that's a keith gordon because yeah r- written and directed i didn't know that i just directed it um didn't know what it was about so i'm glad to hear what it's actually about but uh i remember them saying it was kind of is it kind of like weird experimental or is it not that <laughs> I mean, it has that kind of yeah that kind of like indie sensibility about it okay kind of art art a little art film <laughs> okay it's interesting. It's very cool. It's okay. very cool. It's good to know it's I on really Tubi. It. There's so many things that pop up on Tubi that like if you look, they're like only on Tubi. You know what I mean? They won't be streaming yeah. anywhere else, but like you couldn't even pay to watch them, but somehow Tubi got them on there. Um, so I always God bless Tubi. So <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> I'm learning to live with commercials. Oh yeah. <laughs> the two I mean, compared to other places, I don't think Tubi's that bad. I think it's not. I feel like I usually, on average, for a movie on Tubi, get like three to four ad breaks, which are pretty Not well spaced bad. out. Uh, yeah, and they tell you, I love they tell you, it's like you're at, you're on ad four or five or whatever. Like you're almost done, basically. Like so, you know how many ads you have left. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, they're not bad about that, I think. But um, plus they have a lot of cool stuff, so it's, it's yeah. Fine. I'll, highly you know. recommend the chocolate war. Okay. Get on it, folks. Okay. And thank you, Dirk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dirk always coming through with picks of things I've either never heard of or barely, you know, or ba- barely heard of. And yeah. Um, okay. I'm, well, I'm looking at the stuff that I've seen recently. Yeah. What do uh, you got? Uh, I know you said two had three, so I figured that was, that's, I, that's it. This is the most random three movies <laughs> together. I'm like, what these, this is what I pulled. Um, so first thing I watched 20 years late, I finally watched Ang Lee's The Hulk or just Hulk. <laughs> which one is that one that's the one from 2003 with eric banna as bruce banner as the hulk and jennifer okay. connelly plays his love interest and uh god who else or sam elliott is in there general gotcha, ross gotcha. i think yeah. i've seen that one so i remember when this movie came out because it was kind of a big deal because we weren't getting superhero movies every 
other month. <laughs> like, uh, they, they felt like a more like a once a once twice a year event, and they pushed yeah. the Hulk really whole, uh, hard. They were like, it was in Seven Eleven. They had all these promotional tie-ins, and it came out big, and then it fell off a cliff because everybody. There was a lot of bad reviews. People were like, what the fuck was that? Because it's over. It's like almost two and a half hours long. It's this weird mix of very comic book silliness. Like he's, Ang Lee's got like different panels flying around, like weird transitions and weird editing of trying to make it like a comic book and like freeze frames. Just all these weird, interesting choices. I don't know if they all work, but it's interesting. (laughs) Um, and it's just such a weird look because there's different little panels flying around. And then it's a mix of like comic book silly stuff like that. And then trying to be kind of like a serious father son type drama because uh, Eric Bana's dad is played by Nick Nolte. who Nick Nolte is going hard in this movie. <laughs> he is like going full Nick Nolte and he's like really over the top. And but there's like there is like some serious uh, like father son drama between him and Eric Bana. And I feel like Ang Lee's trying to play this like with some gravitas. But then the next minute, it's like the Hulk's throwing a missile to helicopter. And it's, like, you know, it's like, it's a weird mixed bag. And I, yeah, I, remember, I just remember people coming out going, what was that movie? Because it's like goofy. But then it's it's very it feels so long. Like I, I joke about movies being too long all the time. But like. It wouldn't end. I was like, this has to be over, right? It's like, Jesus. I was like, there's 25 minutes left. I don't know what we'll have to do. That's um, the worst when you get keep, keep checking the clock. Like, yeah. How I, much longer? <laughs> it's such a weird movie. Like, I know it's kind of being reevaluated these days, I think, because people are. Everything is, right? Everything is. And people are also kind of starving for what they think are, you know, different types of superhero movies. And this is a very different. Like Marvel would not allow this thing off the line today. I, I tell you, they would not let this thing out in the world. Um, and it's made by Ang Lee, a well-respected director. Um, sure. It, it's just, I think people really want, to, I'm not on the board of reevaluating completely. It's a mixed bag. I was like right down the middle with it. I'm like, there's some things I really like, some things I think are awful. It's all over the place. Um, yeah, it's too long. It's it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But it is, it is interesting to look at a super movie and be like, wow, they really tried something really weird. for it and different yeah he went for it um it's just oh man it's it's something so i guess i'm glad i finally saw it i don't know but i'm not upset that i watched it just like that was weird um that's enough uh, sometimes yeah yeah where you say you know yeah it's fine (laughs) like when you don't regret yeah two and a half hours of your life (laughs) <laughs> that you lost when you're just kind of like okay yeah i watched it it's fine yeah i don't even know why i wouldn't have seen it in three because i was a teenager i loved comic books um we must have been like on a vacation or something and then i got back and everyone Maybe. said it was terrible and i never went to go see it <laughs> like people were like that's hulk movie's not good i'm like oh okay um i'll skip that one i, I don't know but uh that was interesting and then let's go the complete opposite direction let's talk about paul thomas anderson's phantom thread like, oh nice which i put on yeah, i saw Twitter you posted people, people seemed really excited i was watching phantom thread like um i was it was like the most uh uh yeah, people all commenting like oh my god i love phantom thread i'm so glad you're watching it. and uh it was the last paul thomas anderson movie i needed to see to finish up his filmography so far because i'd seen everything else you're um complete i'm complete i was like i should finally watch this uh i you know what's funny i tried to put on phantom thread like I don't know, two or three years ago. And I was like, realized I was not in the mood because it felt 
I remember thinking, this is too classy for what I want tonight. It, it yeah, started off little, immediately. It's a little moody. It's a little, I was like, I need, I just want something dumber than this. <laughs> like, and I turned like 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes in. I was like, I'll save her time. Phantom Thread. You're just not what I want right now. And, uh, but I watched it this time. Um, fascinating movie. Fascinating. Because I was like, <laughs> I, 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 there were times where I was like, don't really know where this is headed. <laughs> and where it lands is so interesting. And what it says about, people's relationships and like yes i i don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it like uh like i hadn't up to this point but um the main relationship between daniel day lewis and emily grapes creeps i don't know how to say her name um they're both great i think she kind of steals the movie away from daniel day lewis which is very hard to do that's I amazing i mean i thought she was like fantastic and uh I mean, they're both great. They're both really great. Um, and their dynamic is so weird and interesting. The power struggle. I thought it was very funny. And <laughs> I didn't expect to be that funny uh, where she just annoys him. Like they're together, yeah. a couple, they're together, but like she annoys the shit out of him so clearly. And <laughs> like, I think. Well, and, starts... and, and his character is so like fastidious and like. Yes. And particular. so locked into and demanding and, yes. and rigid very rigid character yes extremely rigid it's like she's trying to like butter her toast i think and he's about to like lose his mind because she's just is like scraping the toast um and then i think she starts doing to like mess with him after a while i just i i mean it was so it was it was very entertaining um it was really good beautiful oh my god so beautifully made oh i was like yes. man this is like this is this is good. Um, uh, I really liked it. I really liked it. The funny thing is, then I ranked his filmography. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is still like fourth or fifth down for me because mm. he's got I mean, I you know, I, I think he's got to me like three legit masterpieces. And I, it, my my three favorites are Boogie Nights, Magnolia and uh, There'll Be Blood. Same. And I, I feel like, you know, and then it's <laughs> and then it's just minor masterpieces after to very it's like still yeah. great. I don't think he's made a bad movie. I don't even. Um, I can't think of one. I'd watch him here. I haven't oh. seen. I haven't seen the most recent one. The Oh, the Licorice pizza. pizza. Yeah. I yeah. haven't seen that one. It's so. I, mean, I still liked it. I, you know, there was a whole controversy with all kinds of stuff in that movie. But it was like, I thought it was a fun movie. It's funny how to me, Paul Thomas Anderson operates in like two modes of like more fun kind of, I don't say lighter, but like. Pop more culture. human pop human story the boogie nights and yeah. licorice pizza but then he has these like really serious like kind of period type dramas like there will be blood and phantom thread but there's still funny things that happen in them but uh um man it's much there with blood but it's like you know there's still so it's it's he goes in these like two modes i prefer like him in like more i don't know what to call it like when he's just kind of dealing with normal people, like, you know, mm. Boogie Nights and Magnolia, Boogie Nights, they, <laughs> normal people, but, you know, they live a different life. They're all in that industry. But, um, I don't know. He, I, even Inherent Vice, which I actually watched recently too, um, it was probably my least favorite, but I don't think it's bad by any, it's super no, well I made. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Very meandering. <laughs> it's like, yes. that's the point though. Um, it's just kind of like a hangout movie for, and that's a, that's a long one too. It's like two and a half hours, I think. Um, but yeah, he really hasn't made a bad movie. So um glad I finally saw everything. Um, 
I think also one, I think one day we talked about doing a Boogie Nights episode. I would lose <laughs> my mind. No friend. When Boogie Nights came out, it was like, there was my life before Boogie Nights and there was my life after Boogie Nights. Oh wow! I went and saw Boogie Nights in the theater three and a half times. Wait, <laughs> wait, what's the halftime? The halftime was we showed up super early for our ticketed showtime. Uh-huh. So we, and it was playing in more than one screen because oh, it was so okay. popular. <laughs> and this was, you know, the late nineties when people actually went to the theater. And so we went into another showing that was in progress before going in to see our show. Oh, okay. Okay. For some reason, my first thought was like, was there a fire? You had to leave the theater early? No. No, 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 no. Um, I just couldn't get enough. Okay. Well, I'll put that on the schedule for Sunday because oh, I would do. love to talk Boogie Nights. Um, so good. Um, okay. And the last thing I will mention, again, let's go back in the other opposite direction, is like this little tiny regional horror movie because i got this box set from vinegar syndrome uh called homegrown horrors and they have two volumes now and i, I was like i got in the sale i think a while ago i was like i should probably start watching these finally and they're like they're all like little regional horror movies the, the one i'm talking about is like made in columbus ohio of all places uh and mm. it was this very low budget horror movie called beyond dreams door which uh is from 1990 and it's somebody put it great. There's a, a review somewhere. Someone's like, this is like a $10 million idea made for $10,000. Like, this is like the, the, their, their uh, imagination probably exceeded what they could do. But I think it's very charming in what they're trying to do. And they pulled off pretty well. But basically, um, how do I get like the, the quick uh, synopsis here? So it's about this college student. Um, he starts having these like dreams, these like nightmares. Um, they start kind of coming true in his real life. So he starts reaching out to people for help. But then as he starts telling people, it's like a nightmare demon or something. So once people mm. get know about his dreams, they start getting almost like infected with. Uh, oh, that's cool. The same. It's a great it's a great idea. <laughs> so like the more people he tells, he realizes, oh, no, I'm spreading this thing farther and farther. And it's like it's killing people and. Um, so basically it's, it's, uh, just him and then just a few, there's like maybe, I don't know, like four people in the cast. I don't know. There's a very, it's a very small cast. I think they shot it at Ohio state university. I read what college it was. It's some college in Ohio. Um, it, it's, you could tell it's low budget, but it's like, I think the kind of like cheapness and kind of there's some wonky editing but it kind of works when you're dealing with like dreams and nightmares because like yeah you can kind of like wave that stuff away like oh it's just weird and disjointed because that's how dreams are they're weird and disjointed and they you know they stop suddenly and then they things just you're in one place from the other um there's a monster running around <laughs> like they, they clearly built this like practical effects monster that looks kind of goofy but um you know it's char i found it very charming in a way because i knew they had like no money and um the premise yeah. is so fun um you can forgive right little <laughs> wonky things because it's like hey this is really imaginative and you're making it happen on a small budget yeah yeah it's it's easier for me to forgive them than like when i watch the the Angley's Hulk and like the CGI looks so wonky. And I'm like, you guys had like $150 million. Yes. <laughs> um, like where'd the money go? But um, 
yeah, it's cool. I it's pretty short. I think it's like 75, 80 minutes. It's <laughs> that always helps. Um it's uh yeah, I, I don't know if it's streaming. It feels like a Tubi movie through and through. I'm I if I bet anywhere I bet it's on Tubi. <laughs> but uh it might be also I don't know if anything else in the box is gonna like uh the box set's gonna compare with it, but it's uh okay, let me see. It's on Freebie, which is like Amazon's Tubi. Oh, it's a lot right. of places. Tubi, oh nice, AMC Plus, Freebie, Pluto TV, Roku Channel. Um yeah, it's it's really neat, I thought. I mean, I just go in expecting a very cheap little movie that was made by like a very small group, but um yeah, I don't know, I liked it. Um that sounds fun. Yeah, it's neat. Uh so that's all I had. So now <laughs> no, you're excited. It's like, yeah, that was a good little movie potpourri. <laughs> I was yeah, I was all over the place. I, but I was like, oh, this is random. Um but uh yeah, now we could talk about Fatal Attraction. Yes. <laughs> A movie I had never seen until yesterday, and now uh, I have seen it. <laughs> I had nothing cool to say there. I was going to say something like, fun. no, I was like, I have seen it. Um, well, you and it, I were talking off mic about the fact that you and Fatal Attraction came into being <laughs> around the same time. So you yes. lived basically your whole life in a society, in a culture where fatal attraction exists and just now <laughs> have experienced it, you have come into the fold. This is true. This makes me so happy, friends. <laughs> I just... Three months after I was born, then fatal attraction was uh, premiered to the world. So I, <laughs> it does feel like a movie that's been around. It has been around my whole life, but it, yes. it, it's, I, I felt like I had, heard about it a lot and gotten it almost by like osmosis but then i told you before off mic it was like no i really there's a lot that i did not know or did not get without just watching the movie um and it I, there's so much to say i don't know where to begin but i was gonna say <laughs> let's start let's start with your history because this is this one of those movies that like a young carmelita saw like way too young or did you see this like at a more i proper... did see it too young now okay. i mean my father took me to the movies to see a lot of age inappropriate films. Hmm. This is not one of them. I'm pretty sure I probably caught this on TV or maybe rented it late nineties. Um, so I didn't see this in the theater, but oh. I did see this it's probably too young considering some of the sex scenes in here, <laughs> but <laughs> this movie what was, became such an iconic pop culture moment and permeated the, the collective subconscious. Like <laughs> everybody knows like when you meet somebody and they're a little too clingy, a little too eager, or they, they're kind of popping up the red flags, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you say it's like a fatal attraction. It's true. Everybody yeah. <laughs> knows about the bunny. Everybody. I, that's that's one of the things I Everybody knew about the movie. Everybody knows the bunny. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff, just so much of this film, everybody knows, whether you've seen the film or not. But I want to say, if there's anyone who's listening, who, like yourself, has never taken the plunge, just because 
you've heard all those references and you've seen all those parodies and you've heard it talked about. It, there's nothing like experiencing this movie, I think. <laughs> so even if you know yeah. about the bunny, even, even if you know kind of some general things or you've seen stills from the movie or clips, you want to experience this thing from start to finish for yourself. <laughs> I revisit true. this yeah. quite a bit. Oh, I okay. love this movie. I think this movie is so much fun to rewatch. I think one of the all-time great performances from Glenn Close. It's just, there's so much about this film that I enjoy. When I watch it now, I like, there's parts where I laugh, where it's really <laughs> inappropriate to laugh, but I can't help myself. Uh -huh. This movie is just, it's such a good time. <laughs> it was very entertaining. I will, I will say that right off the bat. It was very entertaining to watch. Uh, and I, you know, I did the thing where I'm like, they don't make them like this anymore. They don't. <laughs> they really don't. Um, uh, it's, it, yeah, it was very entertaining from start to finish. I, Glenn Close is great. I, uh, I, I do think I, we can, I mean, there's so many things we get into, but I think she's even admitted though, that, that back in 1986, 87, when they're prepping this, that, that she didn't even know as much about like mental health issues as she right. does now and he said she even talked to like some uh psychiatrist or some people and no one brought up anything specific like they just I, it's how it's a different world we live in about like you know people's mental health issues but um it's like yeah i don't know i just i thought that was interesting that she kind of was like i could have played this she was saying i could have played this a little differently or i would have approached it differently later on than i did in 87 which is i i, I get there's i mean there's definitely it's like because we just call her the crazy lady you know we don't we don't know what diagnose yeah no yeah we we <laughs> yes and at the time it was very much like that woman's just a psycho right <laughs> right right and and clearly you know there's more to it than that but you know this is something that i find interesting and i'm curious to get your take on this as a first-time viewer because although she does cross some very serious lines and does some things that are completely heinous, there are moments that she's very sympathetic in a way. Yeah, and I mean, early on, especially. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's very yeah. interesting. I, um, Adrian Line, the, the timing of this episode is great too because paramount's working on a fatal attraction television series yes i think i think i figured that after we talked about doing the episode I was like, oh well that'll yes. work out well yeah <laughs> and so adrian line has been giving a lot of interviews lately and there was one interview i i saw on indie wire that just mm. came out this month and he he talked about the character of alex and that he's he I'll, I'll quote it he says i sympathize with her forever it says, uh, for the longest time until, and I'm paraphrasing here, for the longest time until she became genuinely psychotic towards the end, mm -hmm. my sympathies were with her, really. <laughs> and and I uh -huh. think the more I revisit this, and also the older I get with my own personal life experiences, like there's a part of me that really can sympathize with her. 
on a lot of things. And she, I mean, boiling the bunny is where she and I really part ways. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I can't. She loses a lot that. of people at that she point. She loses a lot of people <laughs> with the, the bunny murder. But there's there's a lot of things that that she says to Dan, played by mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, that you're like, nah, she's kind of right. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just say, <laughs> the, the alternate tagline for this film could have been the many mistakes of Dan Gallagher because <laughs> Michael Douglas's character, this fool is messing up over and over and over again at every turn just piling on the mistakes and i'm not gonna say he deserved everything he got i'm just gonna say he didn't help himself well that's very true that's (laughs) this is where i have some of my my strongest thoughts i feel like okay about oh and we'll hopefully this won't turn into a a a sex and relationship advice episode (laughs) <laughs> but I might, I might have to give some people some advice. Save, save that for the Patreon. No, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things that you cannot, the, the, if you don't want to end up like Dan Gallagher, these are the things to avoid and we'll get there. But <laughs> something too, I, I know about myself, like I'm the kind of person just on a personal level, like I'm the complete opposite of an Alex. Like if I feel in, in matters of the heart, if I feel <laughs> hurt or slighted or rejected i go the opposite route like i pretend you're dead to me i will never over my dead body would i ever let you know that you hurt me that you got under my skin that i felt more for you than you felt for me Mm -hmm. i'm the kind like i just stonewall ice queen like (laughs) i have too (laughs) much pride proud to a fault i would never let you know that you hurt my feelings (laughs) and there's something cathartic about these types of movies for me mm-hmm. where someone just completely gives in to that, those passionate emotions and like screaming to the heavens, you hurt me <laughs> and I'm going to hurt you back. Like there's something really cathartic about watching that in a, in a fantasy setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone doing all, someone doing and saying all the things that I myself as a very proud and vain person would never do. <laughs> I can, I can respect that. I I'm like, wait, what do I do? I, I, people usually know I've been hurt. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not good at, uh, ghosting anybody or like leaving, you know, I, but I'm not going to go boil their bunny rabbit. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to, uh, no, no, no. they'll just, uh, I'll just know that I'm, I'm hurt. Uh, I, I, man. Okay. So <laughs> I was watching this thinking like in, when this came out where people like, really fully on Michael Douglas's side and anti Glenn Close because I don't think it's that um, black and white. I almost like the movie. So they have the affair. I mean, I've set this movie up, I guess, but it's like they have the affair and he wants it to be like a weekend fling, basically. Although he's doing stuff sure. where they're like going to dinner and going to the park okay. and playing with the dog. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Friends, this okay, is what go I was going to ask you. This is yeah. what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you what point do you think he makes the fatal mistake? Like the moment where he really fucked up because, okay, yes, technically speaking, stepping out on his monogamous relationship was a mistake, but Mm -hmm. people make it, you know, people make mistakes. This is very common. 
but he compounds this and it's like you you kind of go into this danger zone of like oh this could go bad if you don't <laughs> mm -hmm. if you don't manage this right and i was going to ask you what what do you think was the the tipping point where he made the mistake that really set this thing off and sets the chain reaction of events it's a good question uh <laughs> i i just thought i mean the whole I don't know. I can't really pinpoint it. I'm sure, like the whole time he spends with her, where he does more, I feel like, than just come over to her place for to have sex. He does all the stuff, the extra stuff. Like, let's They're go play house. in the park. Yeah, playing house. Yeah, like to cook dinner together and let's go play in the park. I'm like, why are you doing all that? Like, because if, if he Mixed keeps saying like messages, yes, I don't. I I get why she's upset. Um, because. It's very confusing. Like if he he didn't really lay that out, he says like I thought it was like a weekend thing. Like well, you weren't doing it that way because you're doing all nope. sort of like domestic type stuff. And uh, I'm like, how long was his wife gone for? Like a week? How long was she out? No, um, just the weekend. Oh, but the, yeah, for a me, long weekend. I yeah. say <laughs> okay. The moment that he really fucked up because okay, already <laughs> they they kind of have this spontaneous dinner it wasn't like this planned thing they just after this work meeting where they've seen each other again and it's raining and oh we gotta wait for a cab well let's just go get something to eat get some drinks fine okay they go back to the apartment and have wild kitchen sink sex <laughs> and she asks him if he's feeling energetic and they go salsa dancing already like eh, but it's still the same night it's still the right. same night right then they go back and have more sex in an elevator. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's a uh, sorry to, to pause you. That elevator. I'm like, what? Where does she live? An industrial warehouse? What's going? Yeah, and... It's a meatpacking <laughs> district. Yeah. Oh, I, that's what I thought. I was like, I love how they're walking past like uh, trash cans on fire and meat. I'm like, where does she live? Yeah. I'm like, oh, probably the meatpacking district. But then the elevator is such a. I mean, I guess because industrial it looks like, like, a, a like a service elevator. It's like a it service. Like. It's a gigantic elevator. I just laugh because I'm like, this is such a movie uh, thing. I mean, I guess it could exist because that's where you live. Oh, yeah, but I just there's thought... an actual steam rising. Right. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It was, again, this is, and sorry to pause you again, but this is Adrian Line who comes up from the same group as Ridley and Tony Scott. Yeah. The same time. And I'm noticing a lot, like, very stylish directors. There's and, an aesthetic. And <laughs> there's an aesthetic. And I just love these very stylish choices that, like, kind of break from reality or heighten things because like it's like things you, you know this giant elevator it's steam coming out of nowhere and all you know things that just make it look so but it was very stylish but yeah i just thought it was funny it was like this gigantic elevator that they have sex in. <laughs> and a very open elevator too that everybody can oh, see yeah. well, into that's Sorry. the excitement well, that's true that it's yeah. open <laughs> so okay so so he leaves he doesn't stay the night but he does leave when she's like, sleep. I don't know. So <laughs> for me, the moment where Dan really messes up, the fatal mistake is the next day when she calls him and invites him to spend the day. He does not at that point make it clear. Uh, yeah. And he agrees to go. He brings the dog. You don't bring your family dog. Yeah. He's calling her honey. He's calling her babe. She's making dinner. He's telling her stories about his father and his childhood and like all of this really like deep stuff. No. 
asshole. That's confusing. And then I, so in my notes, <laughs> I have a whole section of the stupid shit Dan says. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Because <laughs> he's saying things like, you know, when, when she starts to ask him, like, where do I stand? She's trying to, cause Alex, this Alex character and Glenn Close plays it. I mean, just perfect. She's very upfront and to the point. Mm -hmm. She's clear. And she's asking for clarity. And then Dan, and it's Michael Douglas with all of those expressions that see he's so good at, <laughs> says stupid shit like, I thought it was understood. <laughs> what was understood, Dan? <laughs> did you did you clearly say mm -hmm. I'm down to have a one-off sexual encounter, but I'm happily married. I'm not going to leave my wife and I'm not interested in having someone on the side. Did you say that, Dan? No. <laughs> no, Dan. So no, it's not understood. He says shit like, you knew the rules. What rules, Dan? What rules are those? Yeah. Did you yeah. verbally lay out any rules? No, you didn't. <laughs> Later on, he'll, he'll say things like, why do you have to read so much into everything? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Folks, don't ever say things like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. He just, he's just Check such a yourself. St stupid, stupid man. He's like, just can't keep it in his pants. It's Michael, I mean, that's Michael Douglas in every, like so many movies where I'm like. This is my other question for you. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you think that Dan has had other sexual encounters outside of his marriage? I mean, <laughs> I would sure have to say yes, because I feel like he uh, right? does this so casually. And then he acts like, oh, I thought you knew what this was. Like he does this. Right. Like he's rigged. done this before. Yeah. And it was. Which is. Oh, without <laughs> incident. <laughs> so fucked up. I don't want to get on like a soapbox here. It'd be like holier than now. I don't care. Like, because it doesn't. It's whatever people do in their life. It's a personal thing. But people cheating on people really bothers me. It's probably because mm. been been the person who's been cheated yeah. on. And like, I just think there's no listen, like I also okay. <laughs> oh, we get, we get fired up. No. So come on, bring it. I was I, this is what we're here for. The crazy thing about this movie is that I think movies that started doing the fatal attraction thing of or just having someone cheat on somebody, they would write in maybe reasons why things are kind of stra or not going well in the marriage. This movie doesn't really give any indication of that. The only thing that's like bad, air quotes, bad, is that, oh, poor Michael Douglas can't have sex with Ann Archer because their kid wants to sleep in their bed. But they don't, they're not having fights. They're not, as far as we could see, they're not having fights. Right. She's perfectly normal and beautiful. I okay, I'll say this. I'm more team Ann Archer and team gun close. I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you doing, Michael Douglas? Well, um, and this this is part of the casting was that Glenn Close wanted this part. She auditioned for it. And at first they didn't want her for it. They thought she's not attractive or sexual enough. Because she's not your typical quintessential Hollywood blonde. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's she's not your typical movie starlet bombshell. But she <laughs> does bring this like magnetism and this I don't know. There's something about Glenn Close in this film with yeah. the the wild untamed hair <laughs> and all of these all a lot of her outfits have these very deep V's. 
she's bringing a sexuality and like a I don't she's, she's got an un, intensity she's got like yes, a intensity I don't it know works. if it's an aggressiveness, but a very like yes. confident, a very confident like thing. Absolutely. So I get that. It's more, I thought it was more a personal type thing. I'm like, I just right. like, you know, sure, brunettes more than blondes, but it was like the, uh, the Ann Archer. I just think poor Ann Archer too, because this happens to her with Michael Douglas. She's like the other woman in uh, ba Basic Instinct, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's... No, is it? Is no, is that Ann no. Archer? No, it's not. Oh, wait, wait who is that? <laughs> Sorry. Now I found us off course. <laughs> um, I and Anne like... Archer gives a great performance in this as well. The, the three. Oh, with Jean, uh, Jean Triplehorn. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh... <laughs> the three main actors in this, they carry the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was the only person side I was on by then was Ann Archer and, and the daughter. Like, <laughs> I feel like they also think, sorry, I'm all over the place. I feel like no, they please. they give her no real reason. There's not like there's a reason to cheat on somebody. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to justify the. No, but they don't even show talk, like we're going to talk about this friend, but please finish. <laughs> they don't they don't even give like a th a thing where she's kind of cold to him or they're fighting or it just seems like he just wants to sleep around. And like um, it's not it's like his wife is still into him. It just happens. Oh, they have a little kid around. Right. They, you know, um, it's just I was like, wow, no justification for that. And then <laughs> and then uh. By the end, I feel like they remember, oh, shit, well, we should probably get, we're not really getting much sympathy from her just fucking Michael Douglas. We better have him directly, have gone close directly fuck with Ann Archer and the daughter, because the only reason, the only way yes. we'll get sympathy at this point is to, that's that's the point where I'm like, okay, now I'm really, really against you, going Close, because before that, I'm like, I'm kind of like, fuck Michael Douglas. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, this is guy. your fault. Yeah, like, oh, I was very, like, I was like very fired up. Like the tells him. <laughs> yeah. There, he he michael dutt when when dan brings it to the cop like mm -hmm. saying it's one of his clients he's not admitting it's himself and the cop says and, and, and michael douglas says you mean he just has to live with it and the cop says well it's his you know it's his bed he's just gonna have to lie in it like <laughs> yeah <laughs> no so here here's the thing friend and this is something that i think in a way has has aged better about this film there's a little more awareness nowadays and anybody who's been on a dating app or read countless opinion columns, advice columns, there's more of an awareness now of, of different types of relationships. Not everybody is cut out for a monogamous exclusive relationship. Some people do not do well. <laughs> yeah for various whatever reasons about their personality or their sexual appetites, some people are not cut out for monogamy. Whether it's they they do better in an open relationship or they do better in a polyamorous relationship. We're more aware now, I think, and younger generations are more aware of there's different types of relationships that can be consensual and everybody can be respected and happy if everything's on the table and everyone has agreed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The thing about back in the <laughs> 80s was like we were still very much under this kind of the general social norm was that monogamous relationships are the only natural healthy relationships. So a lot of people who were not cut out for monogamy <laughs> or getting into monogamous uh -huh. relationships and then they can't keep their pants on 
Michael Douglas. <laughs> right. Because yeah. that's one of the cool things I think about this film that shows you like, no, he doesn't have a justification around he's unhappy in his marriage. He's perfectly happy in his marriage. And they show us that. Him wanting to have this wild sexual weekend has nothing to do with being unhappy in his marriage. It just has to do with he found this woman attractive and he wanted to have sex with her and she's not his wife and it has nothing to do with his wife. His wife did nothing wrong. He just wants to get laid <laughs> by somebody I else. I, I just feel bad for Ed Archer because I'm like, I know what, but she didn't are, do anything. You know, yeah. There are folks that they, they don't do well with just one partner. We're more aware of that today. Right. And so this film is is not letting him off the hook. It's like he doesn't have an excuse. Right, right. He just wanted to get down <laughs> with yeah, some rando. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. That was the first title was getting down with some rando. <laughs> like, and and I'm pretty sure like, this is yeah. not the first time this has happened. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm almost positive. <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't come up in the movie at all, but I guess they all have time for that. Uh but I just, you know what? I mean, jumping way ahead. I think what he said, one thing he said, I think he's a real piece of shit. When he's talking to Ann Archer, he has to admit to her what's been going on because oh, it's gotten yeah. way out of control with bunny rabbits being boiled. And uh, <laughs> so uh, he said, you know, he tells her what's going on. She's very upset. Uh, and he says to her this the line about like, what does he say? Uh, I never, I never meant to hurt you. Or I never right, wanted. Yes. The last thing, the last thing I want to do was to hurt you. I'm like, well, that's exactly what you did. That's like, the first thing you did. The first thing. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, if someone said that, like, that's what, that's exactly like what you did. Like, it's such a bullshit line. Like, cause it's like, why would you uh, say that to somebody? It's like, you clearly don't mean that because it's like, that's the last thing you want to do. You wouldn't have done it. So I was like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> it's like, and then I think it's funny because she's like doing okay um, with the, I mean, she's upset, but then really when she's, when he tells her that the pregnancy, uh, the pregnancy is pregnant. It's like, then it's like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, next level. I just, yeah, I did, that line just blew my mind when he said that to her. It was like, what a cheating bullshit thing to say to yeah. somebody. It's like a, a, a real stand up person. He would have come clean to his wife that same weekend. Yeah. But a lot of people, are scared to confront those kind of conversations and don't do it right away. Okay. That's, I mean, it makes sense. Very common. Yeah. yeah. The first time they get a hang up call again, <laughs> here's where Dan fucks up. The first time you get that hang up call, you need to tell your wife. Mm -hmm. She needs to know because things are escalating. Yeah. And this thing gets way out of control and continues to escalate real fast. And, and in part because he's trying to keep his wife from finding out. Right, right. <laughs> Alex can't use this the information of this affair against you if you just tell the truth. <laughs> but what yeah. I love about this, like real people do this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I think I love about this film so much is that this is not far-fetched. Right. This, I mean, yeah, it happens all the time. I, I feel like I was thinking of it'd been easier in 1987 because there's no 
internet really i mean right. she but she already knew some things like where he worked and that things yeah. about him but he probably thought well i'll just slink away and this will be she won't bother me it's a weekend thing and you know uh -huh. um i think especially he thinks once he moves he'll move away from the problems they move to the suburbs um no also is that there like a subtext going on about the dangers of the city and moving to the suburbs to escape the i was reading that in the movie the 80s whole like yeah, there's the some suburbs. of that. Okay, some yeah, of that, just... like the the <laughs> upwardly mobile mm -hmm. urban young professional who, was... now that you have attained this certain level of success, like, oh no, you need to take that success and go move to the safe, <laughs> to the, <laughs> go move out to the suburbs where you can have the big house and be safe, and your kids go to the elite schools and. <laughs> yeah yeah because i had some of that going I, on. I always think of i mean if you were in the suburbs before the 80s but i always think of the 80s a very like reagan era move to the mm. suburbs type time um but i had a couple notes hang on so i'm looking for my where did i write no notes? go for it uh well, oh we mentioned because... the preg oh go ahead no go ahead, go ahead. that's a whole other topic saying, we mentioned so, yeah. the pregnancy and this <laughs> yes. is another thing where folks learn a lesson here <laughs> when she tells him she's pregnant more stupid shit than Dan says. Oh, oh, oh my you god. You didn't use anything? Oh. Dan. Yeah, that was... Dan, when she first when they when you when you guys were having that conversation and you said like, you know, yeah, this will happen if you want it to and she was like, yeah. You didn't ask then. You didn't think to ask. You didn't think to talk about the rules, Dan, and you didn't think to ask about birth control. So you didn't wrap it up. You didn't <laughs> ask if she was using any birth control. So no, Dan. Yeah, he really, that scene, he really fucks up. Because then he's like, he's like, oh, very casually, yeah, kind of like, I'll pay for the abortion. She's like, don't oh, assume. I don't want. Yeah, don't, don't assume. assume. It's a messed up thing to assume. Like, oh, you just want to uh, abort? The no, no, no. It's like, she's like, nope. Uh, he's, yeah, he really fucks up in that scene. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, Dan. Uh, the whole thing, I was wondering... <laughs> And I don't, did they, did I miss something? Get I'm only seen this one time. Uh, she, so she's actually pregnant. That wasn't like a ruse or we, are you we. Know, I forget <laughs> if there's been any like official documented comments about this. And I remember when I was younger, kind of people questioning it mm -hmm. because of the, you know, the increasingly more unhinged things that she does, like right. maybe she's lying. But that's also very much like a a very antiquated, misogynistic <laughs> way to approach these unwanted pregnancies is like, oh, she must she must be lying to trap you or something. Like people love to trot that one out when it's convenient. I think she's I think she is pregnant. And he does call her doctor. And so unless she got her doctor to lie for her. See, I thought, I mean, I just I <laughs> <laughs> not to assume he anything call but it, the doctor yeah it felt like another step to he was getting farther away from her another step to pull him back in to, to get him closer to her um and i felt like it just felt like it was going to lead to a revelation later in the movie where she finds out he was she wasn't pregnant and but i thought maybe she could give him anybody's number and they could have played doctor or pretended could, but then she'd have to have someone she seems pretty alone in the city we don't see her with any other friends it's true or anything so who would she get to lie <laughs> that's true also 
there's a scene that this, the scene where she finds out that he's changed the number to an unlisted number and she's, and she yells at the operator. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you look, she's got like a pint of ice cream. She's got a <laughs> bag of Doritos that's empty and she's got a, a, one of those big pack, like family packs of Oreo cookies. <laughs> yeah. And in eighties movie speak, like the pint of ice cream and the junk food preggers. <laughs> yeah just like people vomiting in movies like a woman spontaneously vomiting oh, in a movie yeah. she's pregnant mm -hmm. so i i say okay yeah and i i haven't read to the contrary i say i think she was pregnant you know and since they never take the time to play it out i feel like that'd be a big dramatic scene like oh my god she wasn't she lied you know she lied. since yeah. they never do that i feel like i i lean more to that which makes me then feel worse and weirder about the ending where it's like oh great we murdered a pregnant woman good job everybody uh like yeah. it's <laughs> i mean she was coming at you with a knife she so... was i mean she was broken in their home attacked them but it, yeah. i don't feel i don't feel great about like I, were people in the 87 like yeah get that bitch like you know what i mean like i don't a lot feel... of people were kind of like okay. the general discourse i would imagine That's... there were probably some people even then yeah it's, but but I, I don't feel that great was part about of it. The, the changing of of that original ending. Um, so the original ending was that Alex slits her own throat using a knife that has Dan's fingerprints on it, mm -hmm. and he gets picked up by the cops. But then he gets let go because of the cassette tapes that prove that you know she was out to get him and that she was going to kill herself. And Glenn Close, I, if I remember reading correctly, actually preferred that ending because it was kind of like that makes sense for the character, like Alex being yeah. the assertive, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just and also just very deeply sad, like um, that she would kill herself, like, and I think in in a very tragic way. <laughs> mm hmm. I don't want to say empowered, but it gives her a little more agency, a little more control over her own end. But, you know, they end up going with the ending that has Ann Archer as Beth, the wife, shoot her to, like, defend her family. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Which is the punchier, more, yes. like, dramatic, I know, dramatic, but, like, more intense ending because it, it it wraps up like right after that basically it just yeah. it's like um Cheer for the wife she's right the only person whose side i'm on is the whole yeah <laughs> like absolutely. by that point is Anne archer so i'm like oh yeah i guess yay i don't it's like but i'm not like yeah we got her like i'm just like oh this is just sad um also yeah, i'm like she needed help this woman needed help oh yeah de desperately needed help so it was like the the other ending would make more sense in a in terms of the story they're telling but right. I think the ending they go with is better as like a crowd pleaser. It feels weird to say, but like, a, yeah. you know, it. But in 87, yeah. yeah, a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Also, as I, I kept Michael Douglas and Air Trigger trying to figure it out, they're going to get a divorce in like two years, right? There's no God, way. This I hope is, so. <laughs> this is, she should leave him. Like, there is no. I was like, they're gonna, They're working out right now because they went through some trauma together. But she's sure. two years from now, she could be like. Remember that fucking time that uh, you almost got the whole family killed because you slept around? Kick rocks. Like, yeah. Dude, I just think there's no way. I was like, this couple's not going to make it down the road. <laughs> like, If for um, nothing else, this guy is such an idiot. 
yeah, he's really stupid. He does not ever help the situation. Uh, tell, the stuff he tells Glenn Close, the way he acts, like just I, I, over I, and over. Like, you know, we get to a point in the in the escalation of the situation where where Dan starts breaking into her apartment, or he confronts her for things that she's done, and she did step it up in terms of the harassment. Mm-hmm. Where where Dan goes to Alex's apartment and he gets physical with her. He gets violent. Mm -hmm. The second time that he does that, like he is strangling her and the look of Michael Douglas's face is like, (laughs) no, he's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. And he, he stops himself, but he, you know, she had kidnapped their daughter for the afternoon. Like go to the cops, Dan. (laughs) They can they can at they can interview your daughter to get a description of this woman. <laughs> yeah. When she broke into the house with the bunny, they can fingerprint unless she wore gloves, like which I'm sure she didn't, because it it seemed like a very pa- impassioned choice she made to break into your house and kill the rabbit. Like he just he just makes it worse, worse and worse <laughs> and worse, and he's escalating with violence. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you escalate with violence? You get met with more violence. Like, yeah, dumbass. <laughs> oh, he's a stupid, stupid man. I like, it was funny because I don't know how this played when it first came out. Like, uh, people were like fully on his side and against her. Or I'm sure, I'm sure, quite a few people were probably a lot of women probably were like, "Oh, he's an idiot." Like, uh, but you know, uh, but a lot of the letterbox reviews nowadays I was reading are I'm in the same where they're like. They're like, oh, so this is all Michael Douglas's fault. They're like, fuck Michael Douglas. You know, it's like very anti his character in the movie. Because like, yeah, this all starts from his. Obviously, going close, we escalates it and does some terrible right. things. But uh, yeah, he's just as much to blame. That's what I just thought was so funny when they're like, it felt like such a conscious choice to be like, oh, we should probably have a close go after the family. Because at this point, it's like, it's not, you know, it's that's where you get the real sympathy is where they like, put the daughter in peril. Yes put an archer in danger like although yeah. mm-hmm. and, and let, let's just say that um the young actor that plays their daughter ellen mm-hmm. is actually really good oh yeah and they, i didn't realize she was not to Ruby give her too Sue many lines from uh a christmas vacation actually uh yeah. chevy chase yeah. yeah uh i was like it's the same girl <laughs> yeah sorry little ellen mm-hmm. she had a great time with alex that, I was going to say, like, yeah, she kidnapped her, but they had a nice time. <laughs> she bought her an ice cream cone. They went on a roller coaster. They went like... on a roller coaster like the big Ooh. kids. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, she asked Alice, asked Ellen to give her a kiss, and she, like, happily gives her a little kiss on the cheek. Ellen had a great, great afternoon. Day. <laughs> completely oblivious to the dangers. Right. <laughs> it was a fun day out with Auntie Alex. Right. So do you think that move is just to fuck with Michael Douglas? That's the only thing she she never has any attention to hurt the, hurt her. She just does it to fuck with him. I think she did it to fuck with him just to show like how easy it would be. Yeah. Also, the eighties when people just in the eighties it was easy give to their walk kid away a, to any stranger. <laughs> yeah, and pick and, up a kid, claim your family just like, friend or right. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Schools were just like, hey, yeah, sure, take the kid. <laughs> like, I just love it. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could, I don't think it could happen now. Even just adults entering a, a school campus. Right, right. Without having to sign in or get a pass or get permission or. Right, 
Right. A lot more I, open back then. Very true. Yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, I she's think it was just a mess. I think it was just a mess with him just to show him how vulnerable mm-hmm. they are. And this is, this might be me reading too much into this too, but I also wonder if part of it for someone like Alex, who at that point in the film is saying like, I'm going to have this baby. This is our joint responsibility. I just want you to be a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. If maybe part of it for her was, let me get to know this little girl that's going to be possibly my sister. Yeah, <laughs> that's to true. My child. Yeah. Right. It's true. That might be part of it too. I mean, I don't know. That's not. No, you the might text be right. Of the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you might be onto something. I. Yeah. It's crazy though. And then yeah, that of course you then also can't plan really that Ann Archer is going to get into a car accident. Uh, <laughs> that just that just happens by her freaking out and looking for her kid frantic, which, uh, frantic she understandable driving she was emotionally compromised but she's in mama bear mode so right right but i get it it's just like a weird side effect of what she did you know uh <laughs> visually yeah. one of the things that's very cool about this film kind of the techniques that are used like like going to the handheld to show from the perspective of Ann Archer, like in the car accident, you get the oh, from yeah, her yeah. perspective, the kind of the car. That whole sequence is really around. good. It's very frantic. The whole the editing, yes. the the yes. car, like tr- you know, right, the, her driving and then on the roller coaster, cutting back and forth. Uh, yes. I was like, okay, I like how this is put together. This is good. The it's famous good. rabbit scene. Oh my god! The boiling <laughs> oh, yeah. pot. Cut to the little girl running towards the rabbit hutch. Mm, mm-hmm. Cut to Ann Archer getting closer and closer to opening the lid. Cut to the little girl getting closer to the hutch. And then <laughs> the simultaneous reactions of Ann Archer removing the lid on the pot to see what's happened to Whitey, the little white rabbit. And the daughter screaming bloody murder because Whitey is gone. Like, it's... Oh my God, yeah. It's still, I I know what's going to happen. I know what's in the boiling pot. (laughs) But it's still the tension ratchets up, even when you know what's going to happen. Feel it because of the way that it's the way that it's edited put together. Yeah, yeah, it's put together very well, like very frantically, like very. You're like, oh god, what's going (laughs) to like? So that's one of the only things I knew what the movie was. I mean, I knew the premise of the movie, and then that there's a bunny boiled in a pot. I was like, oh, my God. And then the line from Gun Close when it's like the famous like, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan, like, yeah. such, <laughs> which she delivers perfectly because it's lived in my oh, head forever. I love I've it. Seen the movie. Um, and she... everybody, I think that's one of those moments where you can be sympathetic for her because everybody who's ever been in an unrequited situation mm-hmm. or been rejected or dumped. Everyone's had that feeling of like, <laughs> no, you don't get to ignore me, my feeling. Mm-hmm. You don't get to ignore my feelings. And <laughs> in that same sequence, I love when when he tells her like, I pity you, blah blah blah. And then she says, because I won't allow you to treat me like some slut. You can just bang a couple of times and throw in the garbage. Yes, that's a good. Yes, like, that moment. Yes, Alex. <laughs> I was like, she's right. That really makes her case well for like, yeah, I get it. It puts you more on her side. You're like, she's right. Like, it's like he's just everyone her can like... relate to that feeling, right? Like having been used or taken advantage of. I love, I love this scene where she's, oh girl, I just feel for her so much. Because <laughs> I think everybody, regardless of gender, 
sexual orientation. Everyone can relate to this. I firmly believe it. And if you tell me you don't, I think you're lying. <laughs> when she's sitting on the floor in like a nightshirt and she's turning the lamp on and off. So she's like in a dark oh. room mm -hmm. and she's like crying and she's just like in her feelings that like heartbroken. I got dumped. Everybody, everybody's had that <laughs> at some point in their life. That like well, just despondent, mm -hmm. sad, <laughs> pining all feeling. been there. Everybody's <laughs> been there. And I think that's one of the things that this movie straddles, it straddles that this woman is out of line. And I kind of get where she's coming from. Like it straddles that perfectly. I think it's really good at escalating things. Because at first mm -hmm. you're like on her side because it's like, okay, she's been burned here unfairly by Michael Douglas. And then it like, so it's like, it's like somebody who you're like, okay, I get why you're upset. And then as farther it goes, you're like, okay, that might be a little much. Okay, nope, too far. It's like, you know, it, it keeps, it It takes, because I, the movie's like two hours long. I thought it was actually pretty well paced and put together because it's like, they spent a lot of time, more than I expected. The first half hour is basically spent on uh, a little bit of setting up him and his family and then setting up yeah. him and Glenn Close. They spent like way more time than I expected, which is, which is good because it is not a quick like one night fling. No. It's like, the weekend to get so i'm like wow they're saying <laughs> way more all, all, all of the folks who want to bring back the haze code are so oh, bummed about the sex in this movie but those scenes are really important i say as <laughs> as imaginative uh -huh. as <laughs> kitchen sink dirty dish sex is right with the water splashing the why why are you splashing i don't know why you're splashing the water you're caught up in the moment i guess but it, it is important because we're seeing that passionate, unrestrained, casual sex. Right. Which you can't like, have at home within because they have a kid running around. Right. Because they have a yeah. kid. You have responsibilities. Like, that's life. Right. Priorities. <laughs> There's yeah. other priorities that, that kind of makes it more challenging to have those kind of spontaneous, wild. Right. Like the elevator sex scene later on. Exactly. Like, like I, yeah, so it goes on for a long time of the setup with them. And then, so she's burned at first. She wants in there. She wants answers, which is understated. People want answers yeah. when they get burned like this. They're like, he just know what's going on. Like, are we not going to be a thing? And he's like, yeah, he's not really, he's not really good at like <laughs> shutting it down. And then, yeah. The stupid <laughs> yeah. shit Dan says. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that will be possible uh-huh you don't think dan you don't mm. think you don't know but you don't think right uh-huh it's very wishy-washy dan right it's yeah i know he's he's never like concrete really until it no. gets way past the point of like it's too late dan um and yeah then it starts it's like phone calls okay great not that bad phone calls and then it's like shows up okay oh, yes. okay uh, shows at the office okay at least at the, and then it's like it, they move she called it's like and then it becomes yeah. like burning the bunny and it's like oh shit now we're really like you know? here's yeah. another here's another scene that i think is there's some real cool subtle stuff here and it's another point where it's like dan you could have made some wiser choices here and maybe this <laughs> thing goes a different way mm-hmm when she shows up to the office after she after the weekend 
you know, where she slit her wrists. Cause we didn't mention that she slits her wrists when he first. Yeah. That, yeah Cause that was another thing where it was like, he was going to leave. And then she does that to like, keep him. she acts like I'm fine. Bye. And then it's like, Oh, I cut my wrist. So that's the crazy thing. I was like, is this another tactic to, you know, he's getting away, pull him back. That's the only, you right. know, the, the kind and of wrist thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> he should have taken her to the hospital. Right. He should have asked, is there a friend that I can call to be with you? This is because I'm not your boyfriend. Not... Right. <laughs> right. But anyways, when she shows up to apologize at the office, like he's obviously like very clearly like hostile mm -hmm. <laughs> that she's showed up unannounced, but what she actually says, and it, I think it reads as pretty genuine. She's actually really kind of sweet and and nice about it. Like, hey, I just wanted to apologize. Like, and he uses that wishy-washy think, I don't think language. <laughs> and and she's like, okay, well, I understand. And like, well, just can I ask a favor? Can we go in two weeks? There's Madam Butterfly, which they had talked about Madam Butterfly. About, yeah. She invites him to go, you know, as kind of a like a thank you and and a nice thing. And understandably, he doesn't want to go. He could have been more firm again mm -hmm. but she's she seems to understand but when she goes to leave she goes to put out her hand to shake his hand which would have been the platonic thing to do mm -hmm. to shake hands he brings her in for a hug oh i didn't even think about that and gives yeah. her a kiss on the cheek god damn it dan <laughs> Now, I don't know that everything could have been avoided if he had just shook her hand, but I'm just saying <laughs> some of those little subtle things, like when you think about it, you're like, this was a moment where you could have drawn a really firm line and instead you right. blurred the lines. That's a good point. I think it's a, I think it's a lot of little things. That's one little thing yes. where it's like, keeps blurring those lines and said, she's like, oh, he must, because when you, I feel like. Especially you're younger, especially you like somebody. Every little thing that person does, you're like, is this a sign they like me? You yes, know, you're <laughs> this reading, means you're reading their reading. behavior, what they said, how they said it. Yes. How long like... between phone calls or text messages, like all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, this. <laughs> so. And Alex uh... is troubled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's just like it's somebody she who is troubled. So yeah, these little things are pushing her over the edge it's like right. he's just not helping the situation no, uh he's making it worse at every turn really is <laughs> really? Like, okay okay yes. so at the end <laughs> so he's picked up his wife from the hospital his wife is already out of her clothes getting ready to take a bath he's put his daughter to bed he goes downstairs to get his wife some painkillers and make some tea Mm -hmm. And then he starts locking the doors. <laughs> yeah. I, my doors stopped. would never be unlocked in this situation. <laughs> yeah. This person, someone has broken into your house and killed the rabbit. They kidnapped your daughter. How long have you been just hanging around the house since you got home with the doors unlocked? Dummy. <laughs> because dummy. she's I mean, already yeah. in the house. Right. You just locked yourself in there with her. I yeah, that's a I didn't catch that either. That's a great point. What, like if someone in that situation, I, you know, the doors are not going to be unlocked for like 
for anything. I'd be hard, you know, let no, the dog out really quick. The minute I come through the door. Lock, lock it up. It's lock like... the door. It, and oh. I, I love that final confrontation, the attack in the bathroom. Oh, it's a br- the it's way a, it's choreographed. Yeah, it's very intense. I was surprised how intense it was. Like, uh, it's yeah. a fight to the death. It, it truly is like scraping and clawing and stabbing. It is like and stabbing and hitting mirrors and pushed against the wall. And it's just, it gives you that like frantic fight for your life feeling. Yes. Yeah. Did, I don't want to bring the boot down off. Did you read about the whole story about Glenn Close doing that scene at the end? And then she got legitimately injured. And then they took her to the hospital and found out she was pregnant in real life. Oh. Yeah. Gnarly. So, yeah. And so, like, she got her, I think, getting her head slammed against the mirror. It was, like, too hard or something. And she got a legit concussion. And they took her to the hospital. And they were like, oh, by the way, you're pregnant. And she was like, oh. so she said it's hard for her to watch the ending now because I she's bet. like scared of how like danger her daughter was in. Uh, like, and they put her underwater a couple, like a, a, yeah. like a lot, apparently. They had to be doing like the underwater stuff. So um, she was having trouble with that. It's not like a very tough thing to shoot, honestly. Like it sounded very rough. And then the fact she finds out she's pregnant after the fact, it's like, oof. So, uh, Kudos again to Glenn Close. <laughs> like yes. what a trooper. Um, she's giving it her she's all. She's amazing in this. She's really, I mean, I she is amazing. I I Michael Douglas is like, he's just always Michael Douglas to me. Like I he's, he's great like, though. He he's so good at this and he's why good is at this that? thing. What Who even I, about him? Was that me and you talked about this recently about him? Where it's yeah. like he has to be though, like I feel like cast in a, as a certain way. And it's like this yeah. is perfect for Michael Douglas to play. Like it's weird, yeah. Michael Douglas plays like he played like boring dad next door. That doesn't make sense. Like, I'm just like, it's no. like, no, no, no. He's got to be trying to sleep with somebody at all times. And uh, yes, he's yeah. one of those guys. I think you and I talked about this in, in we were relating it to uh, Cassell. Yes. We, Black Swan. That's what it was. Yep. <laughs> it's, you know, you see someone, you're like, yeah, that guy fucks. <laughs> That's exactly, yes. Why? I don't know. Just has that energy. Michael to Douglas him. is not, you know, he's not a Paul Newman, but also a lot of letterbox reviews going all this for michael douglas yeah. <laughs> like apparently people yeah. do not find him attractive and i don't even know he just is always in those roles I, so i don't know yeah but he's just he's always, always in those in these roles. roles yeah where it's like i mean disclosure um this oh god i'm now i'm gonna i can't name it i know basic just, instinct basic instinct oh, of course of course like just feels yeah. like he's that guy like he's this just, guy fucks <laughs> just what he does so for this it's like great great casting it just seems like um <laughs> kind of arrogant he's good at being like kind of arrogant yeah. which I, like and i just think he thinks nothing kind of entitled bad. yeah can nothing bad can happen to him from this like he can yes. just do this and walk away unscathed and it's like no not you're not time. buddy i <laughs> and i will say the person i think i was most blown away by because they don't talk about her as much as ann archer's but i think ann archer's great in this movie she is like She's especially like I mean, I think she's great in the beginning stuff because I'm at that point. I'm like, why would she know this woman? She's wonderful. And then the stuff when it gets intense near the end, I feel like she's great too. When he comes clean, that scene where where he comes clean to her finally, finally, <laughs> yeah. Ann Archer is doing all this really great body language that kind of brings home the mm-hmm. 
the hurt and that feeling of being betrayed. And when she asked, like, do you love her like that? Like, that's her biggest fear. She didn't ask, did you have sex with her? Or how many right. times? Yeah, yeah. Or like her, her concern is, do you love this person? <laughs> it's, 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 it's beautiful. Her acting is beautiful in this. She's, oh yeah. That's the scene where I really was like, she's so good in this. Uh, another, yeah. another wonderful character here is Quincy, the dog, man. <laughs> Give it up for Quincy, the dog. Oh, Quincy you know the what dog I was... had to hold it all night long. <laughs> Yes, thank you. I was going to bring this up. This is why I was so mad at Michael Douglas for like early on. It's like he made his poor dog stay twelve hours plus of not going to the bathroom, and that dog doesn't. When Michael Douglas was no home in the morning, yeah, no food. Michael Douglas. I home hope he had dog. water. <laughs> I hope so too. I was like, this Quincy poor the dog. dog got a raw deal living with this family. I know the dog's probably like this guy sucks. Like he's yeah. like I hate this guy. I felt so bad for the dog because Michael Douglas is a fair, and then he's been gone for like you know twelve hours probably, and the dog just is like I'm surprised the dog is like can I go to the bathroom now? It's like he probably yeah. I hope he but... shit all over their rug. Me too. You can I can only hold it so long, you know. It's yeah. not fair. I think it's interesting. I don't know if this was a conscious thought, but like that I was. I would have been worried if the dog would have been killed. But I wonder if they wrote this. Like, oh, we can't kill the dog. We got to get a bunny in here. We can kill a bunny. That might be what happens. Because... Now, I love rabbits. so Oh, they're very sweet. I, I don't want. I'm just saying people really have a problem. I think we have more problem with the yes. dog being killed yes. versus a, a rabbit. But a rabbit's still very cute. Uh, well, but I just eat think... rabbit. There are people that eat rabbit. Like it's, it's a little more socially acceptable they're hunted more you know it's like right. yeah they so but yeah it's almost Not like they're me, like because i love rabbits oh so yeah, yeah no, I don't. every time i'm like buddy no <laughs> don't hurt so bad for that little rabbit please. like yeah but, no, i don't i don't hunt yeah. so i don't know but i just thought it was funny yeah. it's like we have a pet we got to bring in a new pet though to kill because we're not going to kill yes. the dog we're like, not going to kill the dog thank god i love that dog i didn't want to get killed either but uh okay john <laughs> yeah. wick versus alex forrest like in a, in a fight? Yeah. I mean, John like a death Wick. Match. John <laughs> just... Wick versus Alex Forrest. Who wins? I mean, I, it's, it's got to be John Wick, right? It's got to be but... John Wick. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. She'd give him a run for his money. She'd make him sweat for it. Listen, if they were locked in a room with just knives and she yeah. was really pissed off, maybe. <laughs> but maybe. I think uh, I've seen him kill people with pencils and all kinds Books. of things. Books. Books. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, Horses. I mean, I, yeah. Somebody take like a compilation of all the things he's killed people with that aren't guns. <laughs> like, right. But I'm just saying, uh, like, it, I'm saying it, it might not be as easy as one would think. Possibly. It's like that crazy lady rage might be, might mm -hmm. be something. Oh, question. I think you mentioned this. We brought this up that you, that I, I, I should call this or not. Do you love like crazy lady movies? Yes. Okay. Women, okay. Women <laughs> losing it. Women on the edge. What are some of your other favorite? Oh man, friends. <laughs> I, this is too big a question. I love this genre. Okay. I love this subgenre. I love it. Carrie. Oh yeah, Carrie's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Play Misty for me. I just watched that. I don't know, not too long ago. Again, Clint Eastwood being kind of dumb, like he's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of mistakes it, there. A lot of mistakes. Great. I liked the movie though. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, who else? I mean, just. Yeah, I just love this sort of thing. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. I think again, like just like I love hagsploitation. And I, <laughs> I think part of it is, yes, some of these things can get into that very like tropey, 
women are crazy, too emotional, hysterical, all that bullshit. But I, I think part of what I enjoy about it is, is that it's so opposite of how I am. Mm-hmm. That it is cathartic to me. <laughs> oh yeah. And Vanilla Sky, Karen, Cameron Diaz's oh, man. Yeah. friend. That was another uh, one we're supposed to talk about at some point, I think. Uh, <laughs> there was a, there was one of those little prompts going around on Twitter that was like, what's a scene where you can like, when you see it, when you see the picture, I don't remember how, how it was worded, but it was like, what's a scene that, like you can hear the intonation of the line in your head. Oh yeah. I just did that for, did you see the thing I tweeted? I saw yours. Yeah. It got way out of control. I was just like, I like Mrs. Doubtfire guys with the, yeah, that was the, it was like, what's a line that you can quote with the with the exact, uh, yes. the way it's said, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. how paraphrase, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Basically that. Yeah. For me, it's Cameron Diaz in Vanilla Sky. There's a line that is like. I don't remember, because I've only seen it one time. Believe in God. It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're in the car, right? Yes. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to, I need to unpack when them you with somebody. you someone, your body makes a promise. I just, it's. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wild movie. Um Elizabeth Taylor has a lot of these. Oh, uh-huh. Uh she she's just great. Driver's <laughs> seat, aka identikit, is is one of those where okay. Liz is off the chain. <laughs> and I love oh. it. I mean... Yeah, I just I love this genre because I think yeah, you could criticize the, kind of the tone and and maybe the stereotypes it plays into, but I think it mm-hmm. also is cathartic. It is like, like, ugh, revel in that emotion, that untapped fucking <laughs> rage that we don't allow ourselves in our everyday lives and watch <laughs> one of these actors just let it loose. Mm-hmm. I, just I was trying to... Shit. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very entertaining. I was trying to look up more because I know I, there's a ton. I mean, there's so many there's of these, ton. like, uh, like more, I guess, more ones that followed Fatal Attraction. There's so many in the wake of Fatal Attraction, even yes. like, I mean, the Fatal Attraction TV series coming out now, which I'm very curious. I won't watch this TV show, but <laughs> I just, I'm being, I'm being realistic. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. Not like I'm against right, it. You don't like, watch a lot of TV. Right? I don't watch a lot of TV. It's not going to happen. But I'm, I think they, that is a good thing to update because I think there's a lot more you could mm. do to mm-hmm. get on her perspective of what's going on mentally with that character right. and not be all like, Oh, she's just crazy. Like, you know, it's not, it's like someone uh, called it like, this is the bitches be crazy genre. Like if you boil it mm-hmm. to like, which, so to get deeper than like, Oh, these women are crazy. Cause yeah, this movie clearly made by all men. I feel like written by a man, directed yes. by a man. Well, and, um, and we'll talk a little bit about Adrian line. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here. So you ever see swim fan? I love <laughs> Oh, did I see that one? I think I've seen little bits and pieces on TV. I kind of love Swim. It's a guilty pleasure, Swim fan, but it's just ludicrous. Uh, there's Obsessed with Beyonce from like 10 years ago. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, there's one with Katherine Heigl and Rosaria Dawson that I cannot remember the name of. But I I really enjoy yeah, these. I mean, like... It was a whole thing like, uh, oh, The Babysitter. Oh, where you get the, the teen girl is crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a it's lot like too that have been made. Just the cradle. Yes, that was a huge one. I still haven't seen that one, but I know it's a big single white female. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. there's, yes, there's a lot, and they're varying degrees of <laughs> excellence. 
and then how many have been pumped out over the years by like lifetime you know what i mean like how many have just been that's like a whole channel <laughs> it's like right? yeah there's hundreds upon hundreds of yeah, yeah like um but they're very entertaining i don't know why i like watching things escalate i think i, re- yeah. I was trying to like yeah, what it's fun for me to watch it go from like oh it was like a we were going on a date or had an affair and then it's like uh oh um she won't leave you alone and it's like it's always like it's phone calls or it's like she shows up at your job and then it right. becomes like oh she murdered the dog and like oh you know what's a good one that flips this where the guy uh-huh. is crazy fear with mark Wahlberg. oh he's friend i rewatch that every few years i love it i do too i i will say there's one thing i hate that happens it kills me near the end of the movie we just talk. I want to spoil it, people. It's, it's the one thing right. they do yes. that, like, I'm like, no, yes. don't do that. Because it's like, it's traumatizing when they do it. The way they do it, it is. too, is like, oh, like horrifying. There's some but, traumatic stuff in that, in that film. Yeah. They, yeah, they do a thing. I'm like, don't kill There's also a roller coaster in that film. Yeah, there is a roller oh. <laughs> yes, Anyone there who's is. seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Very memorable roller coaster scene. But it's a very memorable Marky Mark movie. He's really good at being like crazy. Crazy. Like scary in that movie, like in his whole little group, and yeah, it gets so Let intense. Let me in the fucking house. Yeah, yeah, it's so intense by the end. Um, I love it. That's it's good. Uh, so uh, yeah, that was a nice little detour back to <laughs> Fatal Attraction. Um, but what this, else? Yeah, you know, of course, there are films that predate Fatal Attraction. Right, right, right. You know, the deal with this, but definitely, I think. Everything after Fatal, there's more of them after Fatal Attraction, and Fatal Attraction yeah. has kind of, kind of recast the mold. You know? Yeah, I mean, this, this film was very consequential in terms yeah, of pop this culture. Was a massive hit. I was flabbergasted. When I saw it made a lot that of money. It made th- I, I don't know what the just for inflation three hundred and twenty million dollars. I'm assuming that's in like 87 money. Um, that's mm-hmm. insane. Like, I think that's even crazy that it was that popular in 1987 because like, it, it's like, it's not a, I don't know. It's just not like a rollicking adventure. You know, it's like, we'd already had plenty of blockbusters like sure. Jaws and, Ray, or and Indiana Jones movies and Star Wars. Like, but, and this thing to make that much money even then is like, everybody's parents must've gone to see this. And like, and think did. of the money it made on video. My God, it must've made like, yes. it, it seems like a renter that he will rent this, you know. Um, it, and I, the it word was of like, mouth got going, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this, like a top. This movie is bonkers. Yeah, you need to see it. <laughs> you need to see this crazy ass movie. And it's like one of mm-hmm. the top two or three movies of '87, which is crazy to me. But it's like, I mean, it's very interesting because I was like, wow, there's a time when this was like the highest grossing movie when the, or one of the movies highest... like this made money. Yeah, lots yeah. of money. <laughs> like it's lots of money. it's crazy that uh, Adrian Lyne came out hot with like he gets this. I I always think about this because I feel like Tony Scott when I was reading that book and doing the the Unscottable series uh-huh. I felt bad for Tony because he comes up with Adrian Lyne and him and Adrian Lyne make uh the Hunger and Flashdance the same year and Hunger mm-hmm. does not do well Flashdance does great <laughs> and, and like today I think, at the time of this recording today that you and I are recording is the 40th anniversary of Flashdance oh wow <laughs> wow that is weird April coincidence 15th, 1983 wow and I a movie I still haven't seen either <laughs> it's like it almost feels like I know. I'm sorry. Flashdance feels like a movie now where people talk about it like, eh, it wasn't that great. Like it was a big hit at the time, but they're like, it doesn't. 
Do you disagree? Are you a Flash Dance fan? Can I, don't I give know. you my? I'm going to give you my Adrian line top three. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. It's I, I could. And, and, we talked about. It. We I can, couldn't do this because we'll, I've seen. And then we'll talk about his career. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is relevant. So my number three is Flashdance. Oh, okay, okay. I love Flashdance, <laughs> and part of it might be that I, you know, I was pretty. I was very young when it came out. I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it was another movie. That had this huge imprint on pop culture. Yes, yeah. Jennifer Beals, her costuming, that sweatshirt. Off the shoulder? The, I, off yeah. the shoulder. <laughs> the leg warmers. <laughs> the dance to Maniac, Michael Cimbello's Maniac. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that dance. Even yep. if you've never seen the film, I'm sure you've seen. Oh, I, that's one thing I know about the movie. Yeah. It's like... That's the one thing you know about the movie, right? Like, And it had the tie-in with the music video. So... Even people who, if you didn't see the movie, if you ever watched the music video, you've seen clips of the film. So, I mean, just another huge, and yes, okay, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. A woman who's a steel worker by day and a dancer in an adult club by night who wants to go to dance school and ends up in a relationship with her creepy boss. Oh. <laughs> well, I say he's creepy. They oh, okay. they wanted it to be romantic. I say he's kind of a creep. <laughs> um I mean it's just wild. It's mm-hmm. a wild premise for a film. <laughs> oh, can with I say style, sorry to interrupt. The aesthetic. I'm oh, looking please. I'm looking at the Flashdance IMDb page and it said there's yeah. showtimes to see it in a theater. For the 40th anniversary. Yes, it's true. So if you're interested, you can go see it in the theater. I mean, I am interested. I don't know that I'll make it, but I, I would love to. Uh, I can't I just tell was... you how many times I've seen Flashdance. <laughs> I just thought that was weird because I'm like, why are there showtimes? I'm like, oh, 40th anniversary, right. Uh, that is that is a weird coincidence we're talking about that to, uh, today. And it's the today. 40th anniversary. But yeah, I've not, again, a movie I've not seen, but I feel like I've seen just through people talking about it yeah. and cultural references. I need you and... to see it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You're my friend. I love you. I need you to experience this. I should go to the theater, it sounds like. It's so quintessentially 80s. Like, like if you, it's, it almost seems like a parody of the 80s now. Because it's just so 80s, like MTV right. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it'll it'll help you to understand okay. what okay. we we're dealing with. Um. But I do love it. It's just, it's the music. It's the style. There's some really cool sequences where she's dancing in the club. I've seen the water being poured down. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, I just, it's very sentimental to me, maybe, is what it is. I think if I didn't feel so sentimental about it, I might be able to admit it's not the best movie. Mm-hmm. But fuck that. I love it. (laughs) I don't care. I don't Uh care. I'm a maniac. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. My number two is Fatal Attraction. Okay. I think I know what your number one is now. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's Jacob's Ladder. Yep. (laughs) I mean, to me, Jacob's Ladder is a masterpiece. I love it. I was going to say, I was like, uh, for Adrian Lyons' filmography, I'm looking at it seems like that's his masterpiece, and it's funny it because it it steps out of his the rest of his stuff, and I feel like it 
I've only seen I've only seen three Adrian Lyne movies. I will tell you the three. Yeah, uh, Deep me. Water, the one that just came out. Oh no, I'm sorry. I liked Deep. <laughs> me did and you? Hayden. Me and Hayden, like the two people that like Deep Water. I did not like that at all. Nobody did. It's fine. I was like, I felt weird even though I was like, I don't know why I'm enjoying this trash, but I like it. Uh, it's it's ludicrous. But if you I found like that it... garbage fire. You you have to like Flashdance. I mean, pro- I probably enjoy Flashdance. It seems. <laughs> It seems fun, but we, I don't know. I can't, we were like, we like deep water. I don't know. Maybe because I like Anna okay. Jermoss. Different strokes know. for different but folks. It's, I realized Fine. it was kind of trashy, but I mean, uh, oh, I found it weirdly entertaining, but I've seen that one. Now I've seen Fatal Attraction and Jacob Slatter, which I think Jacob Slatter is like damn near a masterpiece. Oh, you said it's a masterpiece. I'm pretty much there with you. I think for him, it's definitely his masterpiece. Um, Cause I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces of a decent proposal. I've seen bits and pieces of Unfaithful, nine and a half weeks, maybe. There's like a food sex scene in my right. It's like <laughs> nine and a half feeding. weeks is another one of those like infamous. Yeah. Because of the the sex in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it's actually pretty tame. Oh, okay. <laughs> but at the time, people lost their minds like, oh my God, they're doing all this like power play sex stuff and there's food involved. And- <laughs> Can you believe he But it is Mickey food? Rourke. Yeah. For the ladies, uh-huh. you got Mickey Rourke. And then and then you got Kim Basinger. So it's an attractive I mean, duo. Attractive people. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like he's... decent proposal. I recently rewatched mm-hmm. for the first time in forever. And the premise. That, uh, that seems... one hasn't aged very well. No, that doesn't seem <laughs> the premise That's seems not... kinda ew. Or maybe I had only seen pieces of it before. Yeah. I don't I can't recall. All I know is everyone, that's another movie that everybody knows about the movie. Right. Because the premise is so attention grabbing. Right. Right. It's like, I feel like I've only seen the beginning of that movie multiple times, but never, ever seen how it resolves itself. Well, good for you, because the second half is where it falls apart. Oh, okay. Well, that's why why I gave up. But um, Unfaithful, I feel like everybody just lost their mind over Diane Lane's performance. I haven't seen that one. Okay. The rest of the movie, people are like. It's one of those movies like, you know, The Whale just came out. Everyone's like, oh, Brendan uh-huh. Fraser's great, but the movie's not good. That's why I'm working unfaithful. It's like okay. the movie itself's not great, but Diane Lane's great in the movie. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. I've seen bits and pieces of almost all of his movies, but have never sat down and watched most of them. But uh, Jacob's Ladder is amazing. I think it's another one that we've talked about talking about, which I would love to talk about. It's one of my favorite films of all time. It, did, it blew my mind when I first saw it. I love when the yes. directors who don't normally do horror do a horror movie mm-hmm. um because i think that always is something interesting i'm surprised how good he is at it because not he does thrillers which are you know a cousin to horror or you know yeah. like a sibling but um some legit crazy creepy scary stuff in jacob's side a whole sequence when they're pushing him through the, the sanitarium the hospital yeah oh yeah. my god it's like it's some I love it. great movie and it, it's very it's beautiful by the end it's amazing well, it is <laughs> gotta put down the list for Adrian yeah. Lyne is so his career is so interesting and in that interview that I referenced earlier he mentioned that he doesn't like the term erotic thriller uh-huh <laughs> he doesn't like that so many people see his career as a series of erotic thrillers I mean <laughs> that's, that's his what argument I see. was something yeah. to the effect of like sex is just part of life so yeah I mean... make films with sex in them <laughs> and he's got a point. Got a point, yeah. And I'll just say this because I think this came up a little earlier about the whole people will not wanting sex scenes in movies anymore. 
I mean, you know, I'm not that person. <laughs> We've talked about Crash. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, they want know, the I, Hayes yeah. Code to come back. People are insane. Sorry, these people are crazy. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> this is crazy talk. I don't Sorry. understand. I don't. I don't. Yeah. No offense, folks. <laughs> no offense. And if if this stuff makes you uncomfortable and you don't want to watch it. That's cool. It's personal preference. Yeah, personal yeah. Oh, level of comfort. Yeah, it's. I have. Uh, listen, it makes you uncomfortable. Don't watch it. But then people no, who are on I, the other I side. That's that's totally fine. Like I like I respect that. Don't tell me I can't have my sex scenes. <laughs> right. The people were like, "Let's bring the haze code back." Like, whoa, no, 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 no. Let's like you just don't no. watch it. And then don't the take my like, sex scenes away. <laughs> people are always like, "I have uncomfortable watching other people." It's like. Well, don't watch them with your parents. What are you doing? Like, I, you know, that's, I don't like watching sex scenes with my parent. That's gross. I'm like, oh, get me out of here. Like, I want, I want out. Um, uh, very awkward. I understand. But that doesn't, let's not censor the whole industry because you don't, you know, you're uncomfortable with the very weird. I think it's okay if you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. It's fine. This, we, I don't know if you want to wade into these waters again. Don't stop. Don't stop me. (laughs) Don't prevent me. From enjoying. It's so crazy because you know so many of these people are probably still watching porn on the internet, but they don't want their sex in their movies. I think But because, I think that might be part of it. I think that's a huge part of it. Because that's um I don't get into this on Twitter because I don't want to get it onto on Twitter. But I just right. think it's not the place, my, I don't think. I think the one of the biggest factors about this whole thing has been how people can just so easily behind closed doors whenever they want pull up any porn they want. <laughs> and like back in like let's say 87 when this came out. Much more difficult to do that. You have like yeah. maybe some magazines. No, you had to go to the tapes, video store. Go to you the video store. Mail order some tapes to buy them. Yeah. And I think people just that now they think that they can get their. I'm sure most people complain about are still watching porn in some form or fashion, but they just now they can so easily get it over here. They don't want any sex in their movies because it's like they just want them separate. You know what I mean? It's like they don't mm. they don't want any crossover. It's like could be um, could people kind of this is how they're kind of I guess like excited back in the time. It's like. Well, it's not porn, but it's sexy. You know, it's like they can kind yeah. of get it's like, you know, that was more exciting back then. But now it's less exciting to see a sexy if you're like, well, I can go see any sexy I want in the world. <laughs> like, you know, at the am I on my phone? It's like so I think that's been a huge I, I haven't seen people bring that up about like that's a huge part of like, especially younger people who have grown up in a world where they've always been easy access to anything they want to see. Sure. So they're like, well, leave it out of my movies because I that's my general entertainment that I go to with like my family and my friends. And I'm like, oh, this is awkward. Like, um, it's always been I get it. It's always been awkward. I don't forget we watched like double jeopardy, like with a big <laughs> uh a big family gathering, and there was like a sex scene. It's not that long with like Ashley Judd and I can't remember the guy. We were all like, I feel like I went under the blanket. I was like, I don't want to be here. Um, nobody spoke, it was very silent. Uh, so I get it, but I just think it's very weird that they want to go like the complete opposite direction. They're like, bring back the Hayes code. No, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> like craziness. Anyway, sorry. That was a yeah, tangent. Speak for yourself, but... kids. <sighs> okay. Anyway, enough sex and movies discourse. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> Unless you want to say but anything. I, I don't did, want to stop it, you. It was, something I, it was what I appreciated about Adrienne's comments. Although I, I think it's silly for him to, you know, I, I don't think there's any need to be uncomfortable with the term erotic thriller. Right. I mean, just look but at your career, Adrian. It's that, like, yeah. He does have a point that, yeah, sex is just part of life. And so, of course, it's going to be depicted on on screen. And and he did a lot of films where the sex is a big part of the story and visually was very eye-catching. 
Yes, yeah. He's very stylish. Yeah. He's a very stylish director. So you get kitchen sinks and elevators and <laughs> but also like elements of humor. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> like in like in Fatal Attraction when when they decide to move the party from the kitchen to the bedroom, he he had just taken down his pants. So they're like around his ankles and he's like <laughs> trying to walk. Shuffle walk with the pants. Glenn Close straddling him. Uh-huh. But he's got his pants around his ankles and he's like, yeah, he's trying to shuffle to the bed. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because that's mm-hmm. the kind of, is you know, stuff. Situations so you may smooth, find yourself in, yeah. But that people find themselves in, in a spontaneous right. situation. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Um, trying to think. Yeah, because I was trying to think of any funny moments. I can't think of too many like funny, like laugh out loud moments, but uh it's just I it's very entertaining. I don't know. Like the whole movie is like it's not boring. It's not boring. It's not <laughs> like, boring. Um I was thinking about more like Michael Douglas tropes. I feel like they always give him like a funny kind of friend sidekick. And I yes. can't remember the name of the guy in this one. He's like a bigger guy Jimmy? with glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, because he always has like a, a, even in like a disclosure, it's like Dennis Miller's like his like comic relief sidekick, uh, you know, like, hey, babe, uh, like he's doing this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's just doing Dennis Miller's shtick. And then his partner, Basic Instinct, who I like, and I feel bad for that actor's name again, because it just came up recently. But, um, and then, uh, oh, another 80s trope I wrote down is that, uh, Japanese businesses getting with American businesses like yes. they work that in here for like five minutes I'm like that must have been happening all the time in the 80s because it's happened there's many movies where it's either the pr- the whole premise or it's part of a premise like yeah electronics I, cars electronics yeah there just, were like... a lot of of <laughs> products coming from companies based <laughs> in Japan and you also had and that's something about kind of the politics of a of a character like Dan, mm-hmm. who's like this yuppie oh, yeah. corporate lawyer. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's he's the elite, the up and coming <laughs> cultural elite. And at a time when in America there was this, there was this this other movement saying by American made in the USA mm-hmm. as a reaction. To this, yeah, you know, like and, you know, more Japanese whole, products, and yeah, I was the breakdown like... of the closure of <laughs> factories in the U.S., like all of this stuff was going on. I was just like, man, this is just a lot of '80s. It just feels very '80s, like the it whole is. moving to the suburbs, Japanese businesses. There was something else I feel like they brought up where I was like, this is very much a time capsule of <laughs> this of this time. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's just good at playing. Michael Douglas is very good at being like yuppie, kind of arrogant, like. Kind of he's schmarmy. Like, schmarmy, yeah. He's just like the perfect guy for that. Uh, he is. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I. So I, my first viewing of this movie was was very entertaining. I was not disappointed. I don't so think glad. I love it as much as you do, uh, but that's okay. I think most people <laughs> probably don't love it as much as I do. <laughs> but it's it it was good. I'm so I'm glad I finally saw it because, uh, yeah, it felt like a big. Kind of especially like I've seen a lot of 87 movies, and I think I mentioned this to you before. Yeah. It was like I feel like a weird not a connection, but I'm like, I was born that year, so I'm like, what was happening <laughs> that year in movies? Um, and well, I don't want to this happened. This happened, fatal attraction <laughs> fatal happened, att- and it was a phenomenon, so crazy. <laughs> um, 
I didn't want to cut you off from anything else you want to say because I had like a I have a game to play for you. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna surprise you with no, this. No, hit me with the game. I okay, mean, okay. I could gush about this thing forever. No one wants that. <laughs> so because I think I don't I, I'm a little biased, but 87. I think it's a very okay. good year for movies. So I was gonna do the game of face. I'm stealing this from like Adam Riskin at this movie of like Fatal Attraction versus something. So I was gonna name oh, a yeah. bunch. Yeah, of... Daniel and Cobwebs. I've played this with Daniel and, and Cobwebs. Daniel's before. on this four two a lot. So yeah. I was gonna do um, name an eighty seven movie versus Fatal Attraction. You tell me which one you like better, Fatal Attraction or the okay. other movie. Okay. So I just pulled up Google eighty seven movies. So I'm gonna. Right, this could be very random. Um, I'll start with a big one, RoboCop. Why are you doing this to me? I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know how hard that would be for you. No, I can't <laughs> pick. I'm sorry. Oh, it's that close? This, it's a, this like... is like a mood thing. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I, I would go RoboCop pretty obviously, but that's... <laughs> and I think most people would, but you know, I mean, there's some times <laughs> where I'm, I... I'm more in the mood for Fatal Attraction. This is too hard. <laughs> It's only the first. Tool. I mean, it's pro I mean, it's probably rated. It's probably RoboCop. Okay. But... Okay. I hope they get easier. That was the first one. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean that to throw that hard. one at you. That was too. Okay. Hard. That was mean. Okay. I'll throw it easier one at you. Have you ever seen? Okay. Have you ever seen Stallone's Over the Top, the arm wrestling movie? <laughs> Recently, like in the last oh. several years. Uh huh. I didn't. I didn't catch that one in the eighties. Oh. And, and it's fun. It's a fun one. But I'm, Fatal Attraction, yeah. please. I, I figured. Uh, okay. Uh, another big 87 movie I've never seen all of. Three Men and a Baby. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. That was... <laughs> not a fan of that one, huh? I'm not, no. And and my my baby sister, mm -hmm. who who's about your age. Yeah, same age. Oh, okay. My kid's sister was obsessed with that movie when she was like little, like just a few years on. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to rent it like all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, I think your reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your reaction said it all on that one. Um, okay. A movie I really love Adventures in Babysitting. Elizabeth Shoe. Fun movie. Love Elizabeth Shoe, but Fatal Attraction. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Might be another tough one. Uh, Predator. <laughs> oh, Predator. Okay. <laughs> Predator is awesome. Um, okay. I feel like some of these in Google are not 87 movies. So I'm trying to wade through and be like, what's really? Uh, oh, okay. Here's a big 87 movie. I don't know how you feel okay. about it. Uh, the Princess Bride. Oh. <laughs> the Princess Bride is an amazing film. So nostalgic, so sweet, so <laughs> funny. Mm -hmm. Okay, check this out. I'm not saying that Fatal Attraction is a better movie. <laughs> I'm just saying I uh -huh. rewatch Fatal Attraction more. Okay. okay. So I'm going to say Fatal Attraction. Everybody put down the torches and the pitchforks, okay? It's just... <laughs> Just based uh, on what I'm more likely uh, to rewatch at this point in my life. That's that's totally fair. So you, that's usually how I judge things. I'm like, which one am I going to rewatch more? And then, right. you know, if they're if I think they're equally kind of great. Uh, okay, Moonstruck. 
Okay. Moonstruck. Great film. Beautifully done. And our boy, Nicolas Cage. Uh-huh. Had a very sexy time in his life <laughs> by my dad. Oh, and Cher, great too. Cher's great. And man. Cher, she's great. I'm gonna go with Fatal Attraction. Okay, okay, all right. I should be giving a tally of how many times Fatal Attraction is gonna win. <laughs> but um, <laughs> have you ever seen some kind of wonderful? Yes. Do you like that one? I love it. Okay. This is painful. <laughs> uh -huh. This is painful because it's uh, some kind of wonderful. It's kind of like a gender swap. It's a gender swap pretty in pink with the ending you wanted from pretty in pink. Like the ending you wanted pretty in pink. Oh, have, okay. But didn't. okay. <laughs> it's Eric Stoltz, who I love. I'm a sucker for a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're killing, and it's got a great soundtrack too. But I'm gonna say fatal attraction. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean that was that was painful. painful. That was painful. Man, I don't think it's gonna get that any easier. Me. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of our boy Nicholas Cage, uh, raising Arizona. Okay, this is the point where. This is the point where I lose all credibility oh. because I recognize that raising Arizona is a great film. I think it's a great film. I really do. He gives a great, lots of great performances. Um, but I'm more like psychos than comedy. You know, <laughs> I want to see people fight to the death more than I want to laugh that. at jokes. I I love raising Arizona, so I, I, but I, I can understand if that's what you're interested in. Yeah, just so, personal preference, like personal preference. I'm gonna go with sex and violence. <laughs> Understandable. Um, I realize I've done none of the '87 horror movies. <laughs> God, uh, there's so many good movies this year. Um, you're, I think you're gonna be blown away. I've never seen this movie. Everybody, this what? is. This movie, almost more than any other movie, when I tell people I've never seen it, they're like, uh -huh. how the fuck have you not seen Dirty Dancing? For some reason, that movie, oh. people like lose their minds when I tell them I haven't seen Dirty Dancing. Like, um, <laughs> I was like, I'll get there one day, guys. I'm sorry. Um, this is another painful one. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> because, oh, friends, we watched Dirty Dancing so much. Mm-hmm. And they had the great soundtrack and it's Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, all those great dance sequences. <laughs> this is messed up. Tough game. Tough game. This is No, this is really hard. 87 for this game is really hard. <sighs> Son of a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I can't do this. You call it a tie? You call it a tie. I'm going to go Fatal Attraction, but it's just okay. a matter of, <laughs> of mood, really. Well, this is like when Daniel and I did 85 horror movies recently. We did Phenomenon. I was dying every time he said a new one. I'm like, God damn it. These are all good. Stop. Like, stop. I can't <laughs> anymore. I can't. Okay. Another movie. I have a 
feeling you might be a fan of it when we talked about it okay uh, angel heart oh my god i love angel heart i knew it. that's a carmelita movie through and through come on it's a uh, carmelita movie it's got like the occult stuff going on it's still yes. sexy it's got yes. <laughs> it's like the vibe is just yeah one of the greatest incarnations of the devil mm-hmm. amazing so the- i'm gonna have to give it to angel heart okay okay wow uh, there's still but so many close. movies but it's close <laughs> okay it's real close okay i'm just gonna now run through all the 87 horror movies back to back we're missing a big one here i'm curious there's a lot of big ones uh, one yeah. we talked about the lost boys was that the one you were talking about no okay there's still a few big ones left so I don't... <laughs> why are you doing this to me matt <laughs> I thought it'd be We're fun. Friends. We're I, just, friends. I just get to read. Right? I just get to read the movies. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? I just. I am sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna pick. I know how much you love the Lost Boys. I. I can't. I can't pick. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't. It's okay. You just um, skip that one. It's fine. Uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Okay. Wow. No hesitation on that one. Was no that the hesitation. one? Let me know when I get to the big one you were talking about. That was it. Oh, that was it. Okay, okay. Um, Evil Dead 2. Fatal Attraction. Okay. <laughs> Prince of Darkness. John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. Because I think Prince of Darkness is great. Mm-hmm. But I'm more likely to rewatch Fatal Attraction. So I'm going to say Fatal Attraction. Okay. Okay. I'm looking now for <laughs> now I'm kind of picking and choosing a little more because uh now we're kind of at the part where I'm like, I don't know, some of these it's not worth reading. <laughs> uh hmm. Oh, oh, uh Lethal Weapon. Oh, fatal attraction. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was never I, I was never a lethal weapon. Never a lethal lethal don't, weapon. Don't let James and Anthony hear you say that. <laughs> 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 um how about De Palma's The Untouchables? Untouchables is a great film. I don't think I've seen it in 30 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. But Fatal I watch Fatal Attraction every few years. So, <laughs> Ooh, how I about... That's crazy. I know it's crazy, people. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that crazy. Fatal Attraction is very popular. Very popular movie. But I, I just saw... It's so rewatchable. I could see it. I could see it. Um... Okay, big horror sequel, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Okay, people are not going to understand this because I know everyone <laughs> loves Dream Warriors. Everyone loves Dream but Warriors. Dream Warriors is not my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film. So I'm going to go Fatal Attraction. Okay. Is your favorite still the original or is it some other? Yes. Okay, yeah, For me, yeah. it's the original. Me too. I love Dream Warriors, but it's still... When people are like, I like Dream Warriors when the original. I'm like... I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like I can't. They're they're close, but I'm still like the first one though is something really special. Um, oh, let's do another Michael Douglas movie, <laughs> Wall Street. Mm. Another one I haven't seen. Another big '87 movie I, I haven't seen. I've seen it, but not in a very long time. I don't subscribe to the whole greed is good thing. So. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna go Fatal Attraction. Okay, and I th- think I'll do like one more. I think because we covered all the really big ones. 
probably missing a few, but um, a movie I did not think was from 87, but I'll do, I'll say it anyway. I guess it is. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, was that 87? That, that's what it says. I could have sworn it was like 88, 89. I thought it was later. I thought it was earlier. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's that's I mean, what it says. attraction for me. Okay. I do love planes, trains, and automobiles, but I don't watch a, a lot of comedies. That's I, I thought the comedies have a harder time because I didn't think you were yeah. like big on comedies, but it's that's a big really one. Thing. It's funny because I didn't see it till like a few years ago, Plain Trains and Automobiles. And now I watch it like every Thanksgiving time, you nice. know, because um a funny new movie, tradition. But, yes. <laughs> but okay. Well, I'm sorry that was like, painful for you. <laughs> no, you chat you challenged me. It's good to be challenged. Okay. I mean, I just, I was excited because like, it's a good year for movies. I think no, I it's really... a great year. That, that's why, that's what makes it so difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many movies that I have a lot of love for, a lot of history with. Yeah. Like, I saw Robocop in the theater. Like, I know I'm very jealous of that. <laughs> you know? So, so some of those are really hard because they've been such a part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. For decades. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, you know what? Oh, a big one did not come up on the Google search, and I'm very mad now because it feels disrespectful. Tony Scott made a movie in '87 called Beverly Hills Cop Two. I don't know if you're uh, a fan of that one, but I have to bring it. I, I have no, to bring good. that up. Okay, it's that's, good. <laughs> you're like, but it's no fatal attraction. It's no fatal attraction. That's okay. I just was like, wait a minute, I can't not bring up the Tony Scott '87 movie because that was also a huge hit that year. That was like in the the it top was, three yeah. of that year, I think. Um, because now I got to look up, sorry, now I'm just looking up highest grossing movies of 87. Because I'm like, <laughs> what else was in that list? Because uh, it's weird, too, because then you get like the worldwide versus the domestic. And, right. You know, um, wow. Three Men and a Baby was the highest grossing movie of the year. <laughs> and then Fatal Attraction. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Good Morning Vietnam. Was that 87? uh okay wow anyway uh i won't read the rest of them but yeah so um had to bring up the beverly Hills cop too though because i was just like what am i doing um yeah oh and it was huge yeah, yeah. that oh well anything else on fatal attraction i don't i don't need to wrap up that quickly I, but yeah i'm just so happy <laughs> that you've seen this now that we could talk about it <laughs> This was one of my podcasting dreams come true. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I'm glad. I, I love this movie. I love talking about it. I hope that Film Feast listeners have enjoyed coming on this nostalgic journey with me. <laughs> and yeah. this new experience for you. I'm glad I could help make a podcasting dream come true. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because... If people have, haven't seen it and they're like, well, now you guys just talked about it. But I, I pretty much had spoiled me because I knew everything that happened. I knew the bunny got boiled. I knew she died at the end. Um, but it still was very entertaining. Like it didn't make it any, I don't think it hurt anything really. Like no. knowing, I mean, because we were talking, as we were talking about it, I was like, it's not, there's not that much to dive that much into besides maybe like Glenn Close's characters, like Psyche and these things. But like, otherwise it's pretty much like man has a fair affair goes it goes bad Glenn Close, and then it escalates to other crazy things so it's like it's not super complicated very yeah fairly simple but uh very entertaining uh <laughs> very and i i think the way and i think we touched on i think we managed to touch on this the way that it's shot and edited the aesthetic the the performances it's an experience 
Mm-hmm. So yes, very simple premise here. And a story as old as time. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's the experience and the tension building and like seeing it and hearing it with your own two eyes and ears <laughs> is something that even if you have beat for beat read the synopsis, even if you have had people blow by blow tell you what happened, doesn't matter. Watch it because <laughs> it's the experience. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the experience. It's very entertaining. I, I one thing, oh, I want to print this up before we wrap up. I think it's weird. Uh, Adrian Lyne, not a lot of directing credits, really. Like 13, no, he went I like think. like 20 years without making... And I'm trying to figure out why was he, I don't know if he was in director's jail or he self-imposed didn't work because Unfaithful was a decent, a pretty big hit, I think. Right. And... I forget. And I, I think he's made, co- I think I've read comments that he was trying mm-hmm. to get projects off the ground in that 20 years and didn't. And I, but I don't recall why. Just, it was very, yeah, very weird to me because I thought the gap happened after something else that bombed after unfaithful, but I'm like, no, unfaithful did well and like got a good, a good amount of attention. And then I'm like, why did he not work for 20? I mean, not even TV. There's it's a gap. It's just, and it's deep water yeah. out of nowhere. It's like, what? It's like very random. So and he's definitely a talented director. He's very stylish. Uh, he brings a lot to this movie, like just the look of it that if somebody else did it, it's a little more blah maybe, but um, yeah, no, he's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun movie. I would recommend it. So I'm glad I'm glad I knocked it off the list. I still have to watch other like Dirty Dancing. I'm so, I'm so happy Flash for Dance. you to have experienced this. <laughs> yeah. I I really need you to watch Flash Dance. <laughs> I really wanted to watch some Adrian line before this uh, episode, but. I need you to watch Flash Dance, but I don't think we should do an episode on it. Okay, that's. I, I don't know that. I don't think. Like, what is there to wants say? To hear that? I don't yeah. think anyone wants to hear that. I, you know, yeah. So I mean, if I I'm know. wrong, let somebody know on Twitter. But I'm pretty sure nobody wants a, a Flash Dance episode. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, from what I know about the movie, I don't know how much it'd be to get into. You know what right. I mean? There's not like, much. What, what can you really say? Right. <laughs> what is there to really say? Talk about the soundtrack. Talk but about I how want it's... you to. I want you to experience it. I I will get around to it one day because I feel like it's a cultural piece of <laughs> something I'm missing. Like it's like with Dirty Dancing. I feel like I'm missing something by not having watched yeah. those movies. Like, um, because there are movies that I'm like I haven't seen that, but I'm like I need to just because like I guess I guess now that it's almost forty years ago, it's not as important to the culture yeah. to you know, watch these. But I mean, Flashdance um, is forty years. That's crazy. That's so crazy. It is um, crazy. It came out before I was born. It still feel like it shouldn't be that old. I'm like, no, no, it shouldn't be. It's it should be 40 old, years friend. old. <laughs> it's that old. Also, Jennifer Beals. I don't. You probably don't watch. I don't think you watch the Star Wars shows on Disney Plus. I've seen some. She was in. Was it Mandalorian? A book of Boba Fett. She's in one of the Star Wars shows. She looks amazing. That woman has oh, aged yeah. like no time has gone by at all. Like, Incredible. Yeah, yeah, she looks great. Because I was and like, she's t- talented. It's she didn't get as many opportunities. Yeah, she'd pop up and stuff here and there, it seemed like. And I'm not sure, was it that Hollywood stopped knocking on her door or was she uninterested and took a break? I don't know. I don't I don't know much about her backstory, but yeah, like she's just the flash dance girl. I don't know. But she was she in 
God, was she in that movie with Denzel Washington, Devil in a Blue Dress, or is that somebody else I'm thinking of? I just watched that kind of recently. This is, never mind. <laughs> I'll look it up later. But uh, she would pop up and stuff now, and I'm like, oh, she reveals. Um, so yeah, she's good. I just, uh, one day, I'll watch Flash Dance and Dirty Dancing, <laughs> and I'll report back. I still need to watch Lawrence Arabia, too. That's a big one. I mean, you could watch those as a double because they're both about dancing. Dancing. That's true. That's true. There's a double. There. <laughs> so one Just day. Saying. I don't I know. Will... I mean, I don't know about your tolerance. Tolerance for. For, for, the, for those kind of 80s movies that are just like so 80s. I kind of like kinda, it. And kind of geared towards like a teen audience. Uh-huh. Because I feel like even those are those are not teen movies. The mm-hmm. characters are not teenagers. Well, um, in the case of Dirty Dancing, one of them is, or alleged supposed to be a teenager, <laughs> supposed to be a teenager or a very young adult. But these are not teen movies per se, but definitely the the demographic that uh, that had some <laughs> that latched onto aspirations. It. Yes, yeah, around the style and you know. <laughs> and, and and the romance so, in those films was a, you know was a teen audience. I've always a young tween audience liked '80s stuff in general. I have a weird like fondness for the '80s. I mean, I grew I was born at the very end of it, so I don't really yeah. remember any of it. But I feel like I like '80s just stuff like music and you, yeah. You saw Valley Girl for the first time recently, right? I had they did it for this movie, but I'd seen it before that. I'd see. I remember that movie actually. I can remember when I first saw it. it was like right when COVID started 2020, like March or April yeah. 2020, because I remember being like, the world feels weird. I'm kind of bummed out. And I watched Valley Girl and I was like, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going like, to be okay. It's, it was great. So I I love, I was the weirdo in like high school was like listening to like 80s one hit wonders. I think a CD. Like I was obsessed with like finding these like weird 80s songs. There were songs. some good ones. Yeah. I, I, I like the look of 80s things, the music, a lot of the movies. So um Always about some 80s stuff. So yeah. Um yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know when I watch let it. Let me know. So, um, well, thank you. So I'm glad you got to talk about this movie. This is a, this me a good too. <laughs> this was a joy, Matt. Yes. Oh, Honestly. Well. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you for filling it in last minute because I needed a show because this will be out like two days from now. So yeah, this was uh you helped me out too. So um it worked out for everybody. We got to talk about a movie you love and I got to finally watch the movie and then we have an episode. So there we go. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but well, yes, thank you so much. Do you want to plug people can follow you? Any shows you might be on coming up sure. anytime soon? There's I've, I've got some recordings coming up, which means I'll have some episodes, various podcasts coming up. So the easiest thing to do would be <laughs> for folks to follow me on Twitter. I'm also on Letterboxd. Same handle for both at Carmelita says. Good stuff. And I, I people really should be following you at this point. If they aren't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Just just do it. <laughs> uh, so just do it, people. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back next week, I think. I'm, I'm going to, no, no, we will be back. <laughs> I'm going to leave everyone in suspense every week. We'll be back, I think. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, but I, I'm gonna. I don't usually do this, but I think this I'm is not the film feast or famine podcast. Yeah, that's the feast famine is or Jesus feast famine. Film famine is coming at some point. No, that's <laughs> just no. movies I hate. No, it's um, the film feast podcast. Yes. <laughs> so I don't usually say what movie. we're doing, but I 
think it should be me and Preston Mitchell coming back to talk about Demolition Man. Nice. Very Ooh, excited about fun. I love Demolition Man. <laughs> um, only second to last action hero in 93 action movies for me. Nice. No, I'm looking um, forward to listening to that. So, oh, Hard Target's up there too. Damn it. It's going to be, there's a lot to talk about with uh, that movie, but very <laughs> excited. Um, and oh, yeah, for our stuff, I should probably say that. Uh, so, yeah, you, for, should. you can follow me on Twitter at MacLed87. Uh, follow me and the podcast. Or, wait, no, sorry. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>